Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag Free, whoever he is. Get your quad fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this, this is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over depression. <laughs> Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? I want to move on to um, Donald Trump and Hunter Biden, actually. It's more than a hiccup. The deal fell apart, and it has to be put back together again if he's going to figure out a way not to face a trial. You asked me to comment on both Donald Trump and Hunter Biden. Here's what matters. In one case, it is the former president who is trying to be the presidential nominee for the Republican Party. In the other case, it's a private citizen. So let's just be clear. None of this that relates to Hunter Biden relates to President Biden. There's a stark difference. Are you serious? You are absolutely correct, and uh, I should not have analogized those two things together in in my haste. There's no question that they are of uh, very, very different proportions. Uh, there's no comparison. I doubt it. You are fake news. That was four days ago, five days ago. Very fake news. I probably smoke more Parmesan cheese than anyone that you know. That's a big game, man. It's not against the law, ho. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's not my concern. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations <laughs> to both of you. You're awesome. We'll do it live. Okay. Oh. No. We'll do it live. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. We'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hi. I think somebody just rang my doorbell. Who would do such a uh, thing? Son of a bitch or daughter of a bitch Girl Scout know that this is an inappropriate hour at which to be doing that? Uh, I don't know. Or maybe it's uh, a nice neighbor trying to say welcome to the neighborhood. I have no idea. I doubt uh, that. I guess I'll find out later because there's a a lot of news to discuss this week. Uh, Hunter Biden's plea deal blows up after it appears his lawyers tried to get some sneaky broad immunity past the judge. May have tried an impersonation attempt, though. The jury's still out on that. Was that uh, intentional? Was it just a misunderstanding by a, a court clerk? I don't know. No. It's so brazen. I, I, I actually want to believe honest mistake because it's so stupid if that's what they tried. But we'll discuss. I don't know. Meanwhile, Trump is now accused of, if not deleting surveillance footage, trying to delete surveillance footage or telling people to delete surveillance footage to cover up his classified documents movement within Mar-a-Lago now facing three more charges added in that case. So they're up to 40 counts though. At this point, what's the difference between 40 and 40 million? They might get to 40 million by the time the election rolls around. We'll, we'll see. Uh, Obama's personal chef suffers a <laughs> curious death by drowning outside Obama's Martha's vineyard home. 
No, no. they really can't swim, can they? <laughs> you you seemed a little bit, uh, I don't know if I should say uncurious, but it seems like you accept the story as told. It was Is that? Occam's razor. I mean, he's like, I can't swim. I'm going to go out on a paddleboard. But then why would he go out on the paddleboard? Low IQ. <laughs> okay. <laughs> why didn't he use the paddleboard to float? There's probably an explanation for all this. I'm not going to consider the... I'm not going to take the easy route because I know that Michelle Obama's penis has something to do with it. He saw the wrong penis. The penis was used as a weapon in the, to bludgeon him underwater. Something like that. There were witnesses. They weren't even at, at their house. They were under threat from Michelle Obama's penis to say those things. Well, we're all under threat from Michelle Obama's <laughs> penis. <clears throat> uh, and did you see Obama golfing over the weekend with Band-Aids on his hands and a possible black eye? Do you think he was under the water just yeah. him down, like in a scuba suit? Just- Obama submarine. And then he got out. To just It was so personal because this guy, this chef, was trying to bang one of the uh, Obama girls. And so Obama had to personally kick his ass underwater. I should point out that I do know that this guy could actually swim. I think he was actually a very competent swimmer. No, he was taking lessons. I thought he said he was fearful of water. I know he was a, he was not like a professional level swimmer, but he could swim. He was competent. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, Allegedly. fine. I'll accept if that's what the facts say. But I want to. I want to entertain the entertaining when we discuss it. Uh, and before we get out of here, we have uh, a couple cases of hoax hate, but one in particular: two old gay guys claim to have been beaten up by some unruly teens outside their chocolate shop. Video has come out to show it's a little more complicated than that. You might ask, why were two old gay guys in some kind of hand-to-hand combat situation with teenagers. Uh, That's where it gets complicated. Before we get out of here, tonight's movie review is our first documentary of the entire movie review bit, Free Solo. And I can't wait to discuss it because I know exactly what both of us are going to say before we even have the conversation. It's going to be great. Uh, We'll catch up with your Super Chats in between topics as well. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low-down money grabbers. Of course, it will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show-related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is mattchristiansenmedia.com. Listener support is, of course, hugely appreciated, and it is what keeps the show operational. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting the show. We also have show merchandise for sale as well. Plus, we have offers from friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at Western Razor Company. Most razors sold today are made in China by global conglomerates that hate you. Well, not anymore. The high noon safety razor from Western Razor is made in America with all metal, no plastic, long-lasting construction, and uses widely available double-edged razor blades that only cost pennies each. Safety razors were used by just about every man in America back in the 50s and 60s until the big razor companies figured out they could make more money selling disposables and signing you up for endless subscriptions. But the safety razor has always been the superior method for a better shave at a lower long-term cost. And Western Razor has just made exciting new product launches, Gold and rose gold finishes are now part of the permanent lineup. They're no longer just rare limited edition exotics. The leather razor covers now come in several colors. Golf green, Grand Slam baseball glove red, 
and gold stamped black, as well as the original natural tone. Plus, there are new value packs, so you can get all of it in one convenient bundle, a razor, extra blades, plus a cover if you want one, and Western Razor is now selling Caswell Massey Shave Cream as well. The preferred shaving cream of George Washington himself, I looked it up, it's true. And in the meantime, Western Razor is working on their own shaving cream as well. So shave better and less expensively and support American manufacturing. When you pick up a Western Razor, get 10% off your entire order using promo code MAT10. That's promo code MAT10 for 10% off everything from Western Razor. Find everything you need from Western Razor, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses like Hero Soap Company, Phoenix Ammunition, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners, for listeners. And don't forget, all three of our signature soaps are also available from Hero Soap Company. You can try Timberline and Old West from yours truly, or you can try Oat Plus Almond from Blonde, or try all three at HeroSoapCompany.com. Promo code MCLISTENER for 10% off. Find more information, of course, at MattChristensenMedia.com slash deals as well. Well, I have uh, an art submission to consider as well. The uh, Was it last week or the week, week before... Uh, Who would play us? It was Wednesday, wasn't it? Maybe it was a Wednesday show. Uh, A super chatter asked what actor and actress would play us in the movie adaptation of the show. And uh, these people are way too good looking. It might be uh, a little aesthetic upgrade. I think that's fair to say. But um, this listener who wishes to remain anonymous gave us two nominations. How about uh, Candice Swainpool is her name. She is a South African model. And Scott Eastwood, who is complimented more here, do you think? Who got the bigger upgrade? I don't know. Probably me. These people are so much better looking than us, though. It's like they're in a different universe. It'd be an honor to be an Eastwood. That'd be cool. Damn, she's, she might be the hottest <laughs> woman alive. Uh, well, all right. So I guess that's a compliment to you if, if she's the if she's the pick. Anyway, I bring this up because he, he actually did a mock-up of what the show would look like if this actor and actress pick were in our places unless though, uh, Netflix picks up the show, in which case it is uh, precious and Jesse Smollett. So, and I, I can't tell, is that two censored dicks on either side of Jesse? Is that? Yeah, I think that's what he's going for. Um, lastly, thank you anonymous listener for this submission. Um, before we hop into the news, uh, also, uh, have a, a mention of a GoFundMe for a listener. Listener Eric uh, has listened to the show for pretty much the whole time, almost from the very start. And he's supported the show for a long time as well. And he lost his mom last week after a battle with cancer. And his oh. family has been left with uh, funeral and hospital costs. And so if you'd like to help out listener Eric and his family, they have a GoFundMe page that is certified non-hoax hate. It is legit. And it's linked to top of the description. The show has made a contribution to Eric's family as well. And of course, we hope Eric, uh, we hope all the best for Eric and his family uh, in the in this uh, difficult time. Thank you guys for for tuning in and for supporting the show. Last, uh, well, I guess one more thing. Uh, we mentioned it on Wednesday and then we mentioned it deep into the show last week, but we never gave you, we never gave you the proper announcement time for 
your new baby as far as the gender. Oh, yeah. That's a girl. Well, there you go. Ta-da. <laughs> hey. yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not disappointed. It's just um, like I'm not doing this again. So no, so I'm kind of like grappling with the reality that I'm not going to have any sons, which I'm fine with. And my husband's fine with, but I just feel like I'm under obligation to just keep having kids. I think that's the direction it's going to go, but I won't uh, belabor the point any further. Uh, and if hey, you're curious, if you're curious, I will find out tomorrow, and I'll make. If uh, you want to know whether I'm oh, having, she's uh, got the old anatomy scan. My wife, more specifically, is having a boy or a girl. I will know midday tomorrow, and I will post the answer Ooh, uh, I on, think Twitter it's a and on Twitter and elsewhere. Okay. I'll put it on Twitter and uh, maybe I'll do an image post on YouTube and other, all You're my other. You're going to tell me first though, right? I'll text you if you want. Okay. Yeah, I'll text you before I tweet it. Okay, good. All right. Um, into the news though, and really this isn't even that relevant of news, but every so often I'm looking at news stories and I find a piece of audio that I just have to save for its own sake. So this story really isn't that important. In <laughs> fact, it's kind of old. It's like 10 days old, but I happen to stumble it's important, upon it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> It's as important as LaDonna was. And look at what LaDonna has contributed to the show. It's it's just that it's sounder gold. And so I want to explain it because I want to use this sounder. I just want to make sure that people know where it comes from. Earlier in the month in Alder Grove, British Columbia, Canada, there was some sort of protest against LMNOP indoctrination in the schools. And so you have this protest group saying, please don't teach our kids about all this gay stuff. And at some point, I guess who I believe to be a very dikey chick a very uh, manly woman walks out and takes issue with the protesters but this this manly woman is a they them like a, a non-binary transgender person i don't know she looks standard dyke to me i i believe this person to be biologically female but i to be honest i don't even know and somehow this this trans identifying they them person gets into conflict with the protest group and ends up spitting in a protester's face and then starts going after this gay guy and the gay guy who's part of the protest group. So he's opposing what he sees as the indoctrination in the schools, but he tries to use his gay status as a defense mechanism. <laughs> so, uh, that's, that all sounds like a comedic situation on its own, but, and it is, but when the guy gets attacked, he yells out hilariously in his own defense. I'm gay. You fucking <laughs> bitch. You like spitting at people? She's a fucking woman. Okay. Nothing says I'm a woman like ripping your shirt off and trying to punch somebody in the face. Well, like, who was that least, soccer you know. chick who did it a few years? Remember when it was like 20 oh, years yeah, ago yeah. or whatever? I, I mean, I don't know what to say here. The fact that that guy is going to be like, wait, what kind of event was this? It was some kind of protest. I think it's outside of the school, but it's an anti LGBT indoctrination protest for schools. 
Uh, uh, yeah, related to schools. What are you even doing there? What are you doing there? <laughs> now, back in my day, it's just interesting commentary on how much the times have changed. Back in my day, calling a, a guy gay, that was how you started a fight. And and now <laughs> you end the fight by calling yourself gay. <laughs> no, no, you don't understand. I'm gay. I'm gay. <laughs> this is over. Stop. I'm gay. But um, really, this is all just to... Make sure you understand when I readily deploy this sounder in response to your overtly homosexual super chats. I just have it at my disposal. I I just I want people to know what that means. Hey, speaking of great news this week, my favorite NFL player is getting a second chance. And you might look at his name on your screen and wonder how to pronounce it. It's Fago. F-A-G-O-T. Not two G's. One G. Diego Fago, and we have chronicled Diego Fago's NFL aspirations since he left the Navy midshipman in 2021. Fago was signed as an undrafted free agent last year with the Ravens, but was regrettably cut to start the season and did not get a chance with another team in 2022. This week, though, Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots have decided to give Fago a second opportunity. The Patriots have signed Fago. And he will uh, have an opportunity to prove himself at a training camp in the coming weeks. And it's it's a great opportunity for the revival of a career that I hope can ruin uh, ruin many broadcasting careers when they accidentally pon- uh, pronounce it incorrectly. Is that the only and reason you care about this? On the tackle, it's Patriots linebacker Diego. Fe- yeah, I can't wait. Um and the only bummer here is that Diego Fago will not wear number 69. Now, he's a linebacker. Oh. He's not eligible to wear 69 anyway, so it's going to be 42. It will be Fago. Wait, what does num- that have to do with it? Well, I just it, The jersey number 69 would be amazing. No, no, no. He's a linebacker, so we can't. What, oh, what? Uh, there are different positions have different numbers they can wear. Oh, okay. And six linebackers can't wear 69. So mm. if he moved to a line position, he could. But uh, it's going to be Fago, number 42, in Patriots red, white, and blue. And if he makes the team, I'm buying the jersey. I'll, I'll wear it on the stream. I, I have to have this piece of NFL it. history. I don't care. <laughs> um, oh, stupid. Why did I do that? I put the Fago jersey in the next story. That was stupid of me. But uh, hey, uh, Carly Russell is getting charged. That uh, crazy lying lady who said she was kidnapped. Yeah, but... For like nothing. She's getting charged with two misdemeanors, follow, uh, uh, filing a false police report and filing a false statement. Um, and her bond was only $2,000, $1,000 for each misdemeanor. misdemeanor. I, mean, I don't know how it's not more than that. Tons of police resources were spent on this. People were looking for her, like combing through the woods. This had to be days. on a semi-jussy scale. Uh, maybe not quite that high, but yeah, there were a lot of resources devoted to this. No word on why she did it, but her um, lawyers uh, released a statement. My client apologizes for her actions to this community, the volunteers who were searching for, the Hoover Police Department, other agencies. To her friends and family, we ask for your prayers for Carly as she addresses her issues and attempts to move forward, understanding that she made a mistake in this matter. Carly, again, asks for your forgiveness and prayers. She asked for people to pray for her twice in this statement. <laughs> I've heard claims that she's mentally ill. She's not saying that, though, is she? At least no. as far as I've you know, seen. Really, really, really wanting attention is not a mental illness. And if she was mentally ill, I would have to think they, they probably would. The charges maybe wouldn't be filed or it, it, they wouldn't proceed in this sort of no, criminal like, way. Like she's like histrionic millennial mentally ill. Like she has hmm. some cluster B personality 
borderline personality disorder or something like, you know, well, mentally, okay, it's not schizophrenic or some shit. How about oh this, story Sac- about this story out of Sacramento? We have to figure out what's going on with her leg. Someone needs to inform me. But sad commentary on the state of America when our thieves are just not just out of shape, but like hideously, ridiculously, inhumanly out of shape. This says everything about uh, America. This this video. Is there any context that we need before I play the video? You know what? No, it's okay. They're, they're robbing a Burlington coat factory. Okay. And they are a pair of gigantic women. And there's like a third, I can't tell, guy or woman in the car. Anyway, here's the scene. Look at this shit. What the fuck is this? And that's it. They stole, I don't know, I I assume a bunch of clothes or something. Yeah. And they just like walked, they waddled right out of there and put it in their their car for resale. Um, This story just has everything, doesn't it? First of all, her knee has an ass. (laughs) Now, my friend, I I had a friend who sent this to me and that's how the story, I became aware of the story. I asked what the hell's going on with the back of her knee, as you can see on your screen. And he told me that's just like a roll or fat. And I it's said, it looks, fat, yeah. it looks like there's a watermelon in her pants. There's no way that that's just like some hanging roll off the top of her leg. There's no way. How? It is, buddy. It's like halfway down it's her America. calf. I love this story. Okay. First of all, they're robbing a Burlington Coke factory. Okay. And then it's like two probable lesbians that are morbidly obese. So this is commentary on the fat epidemic probably lgbtq stuff speculation Um, we don't know if they're less we don't know about that uh (laughs) capitalism they're also you know not really good there's an investigation open but they're not really going to get punished wait you're saying you're saying this is a this this episode is a critique of capitalism no i mean it's just it's just funny that like this is that's where where our love of merchandise has has gotten us like in (laughs) this situation (laughs) and then the guy presumably is black i think based on his voice and he's like, what you doing? <laughs> like, what are you, what are you people doing? <laughs> like, we have to deal with all of this looting and stuff from the black community. And now it's this black guy that's like, why you're being so brazen? Like, what are you doing? That's unearthing this, this precious video. <laughs> the I mean, whole thing is so hilarious. <laughs> I got another story after this that will debunk the idea of, of stealing for necessity. Oh, people are, it's hard times. People have to steal. I, I don't know. It's pretty warm out. I, I assume right now you don't need jackets from Burlington Coat Factory or whatever else they're taking. Whatever um, else they're taking. These yeah. people could hibernate the entire winter anyway, and they would be just fine by the look of it. Uh, but it's, but it's really, made. it's really uh, no arrests. You say that that's confirmed. We have no arrests. Yeah. As oh, okay. of today, we have their license plate number and we have full shots of both the front of their faces. They're in the midst of committing a crime. And we have full shots, all like, right. It's her ass fills up the entire frame from oh my thirty God, feet away, and it's not like they can go somewhere quickly. I mean, so how on earth have these people not been caught if it's not by the choice of the police to not pursue them? At? Well, and you think about just the state of our country too. Um, <laughs> we're so pathetic that we won't stop people this pathetic. It's like someone could just yeah. stand generally in their way, <laughs> and they probably won't have the stamina to walk around that person. It really wouldn't have been very hard. The only thing more pathetic than these women is a country that surrenders to people like these women. And that apparently yeah. is what we are, at least in, in certain states and certain locales. Um, but 
People will be persuaded and convinced otherwise. Because speaking of, of rampant and pathetic theft, San Francisco, I don't really need to say anymore. We've seen all the episodes. But the reason I bring it up is because there's a, a hilarious demonstration in just how accustomed to this sort of theft people can become. And then the ridiculous excuses they'll make to justify it. So in San Francisco, the theft is so bad that Walgreens employees, at least at the stores that are still open, Walgreens employees resorted to chaining up refrigerators and freezers without corporate approval because everyone's stealing the frozen pizzas and all, and all that. And the ice cream. So corporate said that was not approved. You have to take that down. They had to take down the chains. So CNN sent a crew to do a story on this and and uh, and some of the other theft in San Francisco. And so CNN visited the most stolen from Walgreens. And then for this part of the story, they also visited a nearby Safeway grocery store. And at this Safeway grocery store, uh, similarly, only locked up food items can be accessed by an employee with uh with a key and um and so this this cnn uh host is talking to a shopper trying to get coffee out of a locked case and the safeway employee helps that person get coffee out of a locked case and the san francisco shopper says man san francisco has just really become a police state walgreen says this richmond neighborhood store with aisles of products like mustard locked behind plexiglass has the highest theft rate of all their nearly 9,000 U.S. stores, hit more than a dozen times a day. When thieves turned to cleaning out ice cream and frozen burritos, workers grew so frustrated they resorted to the chains. What is this? Um, I don't know. I don't understand why coffee. Oh, here she is. Oh. (laughs) It's become kind of like a police state in San Francisco. (laughs) I don't know how to describe it. Why? Why do you think, buddy? <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. Well, I'd describe it the other way, actually. Not a police state. Not enough yeah. police in the state state is what I would say. Um, yeah. Also, pro- it's cor- it's corporations that are enacting this. It, you know, it really has nothing. To, it has, it's a it has response to the, to the absence of law absence enforcement. Of police. Yeah. This is the, the problem here is criminals not being held accountable. Oh, I mean, uh, but. Somehow the explanation is still heavy handed police work um, and and how in God's name you can live in San Francisco and witness this sort of theft and think, huh, there's way too many overly controlling cops around here. Once again, though, uh, as with the Burlington Code Factory example, this is not theft of supposed necessity. What are we talking about? It's not you're not if you're starving and struggling, you're not trying to get Pete's coffee out of the case. You're going to eat yeah, the really. coffee grounds or drink of the coffee for some yeah. kind of caloric intake. It's not instant coffee. How are you even going to make it? Yeah, well, they, they have to steal the the uh, coffee maker. They, bought, they took an espresso machine, too. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it, outside of the Obama chef death mystery, which we'll get to later in the show, this is the second biggest mystery of the week. The cardiac arrest of LeBron James' son, Bronny. Massive mystery. Uh, how could it be that... Bronny... I know, terrible name, but uh, how could it be that eighteen an 18-year-old athlete like Bronny enters cardiac arrest, which is exactly what happened to Bronny James at USC basketball practice on Monday? He was briefly unconscious and hospitalized until Friday. He's now been discharged and has been seen walking about with his dad and with his family. And the first thing to know about this case is that there is no way to know what caused it. And 
Actually, you shouldn't even want to know because this is actually very, very common. Happens all the time. Kids uh -huh. playing sports drop suddenly every single day. You just don't hear about it because they aren't um, LeBron James kid. This is the. What did uh, your doctor say to you? Vaccines definitely don't cause autism. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even ask, but she told me. <laughs> this is the first. Uh, th this is the first point we have to understand from NBC's coverage this week. It's totally normal. His son Bronny's emergency shining new light on cardiac arrest incidents in young athletes. These kids survived, and it happens in nearly every sport in startling numbers. Every hour in this country, on average, a child under 18 collapses from sudden cardiac arrest. Studies show it's the leading cause of death for kids in sports, with African-American college basketball players like James at the highest risk, though researchers don't know why. Wow, I can only imagine, Kaylee, a lot of parents are watching this and being they're afraid. So if you have a teenager who's playing sports, what's the best thing you can do to protect him or her? Experts say first, before your teen plays any sport, make sure they get a full medical screening and the appropriate tests. Okay. Okay, when on earth have we, have we done EKGs on healthy uh, athletic youth? That's fucking crazy. That's fucking crazy. I've never heard of anything like this before. This is obviously from the vaccine. These people. Well, uh, no, and even in there, you're right that like a lot of the numbers come from, uh, from very recent times. So it's sort of you still have to answer the question of like, how does this compare to long term rather than just say 2022 or just 2021? But notice how they don't actually give the raw number there. They just say, did you know that a kid collapses like this every hour? Okay, but it, it is win, bitch. Uh, yeah. Number one, I don't know if I believe you, but let's say that I do. It's a big country of 330 million people plus. So lots of things happen every hour. Every hour means 8,760 8, times a year because there that's how many hours there Seriously? are in a year. But there are 73 million kids in this country as in under 18. So that means if you do the math, cardiac arrest happens to about 12 in 100,000 kids. So that's that that's, is exceptionally high. There's no way it's that high. It, you're, you might be right. Like that might yeah. be inflated. But even if it is, even if it is inflated, it's still quite rare. And by rare, I mean, it's much lower than, say, cancer diagnoses, which are almost 18 per 100,000 kids under 15. Um, much more rare than childhood diabetes diagnoses which are uh 22 in per 100,000. Uh and so um wait, this it, is 12 in 100,000? Yes. So it's so, like 55% the rate of childhood diabetes which is relatively common. Well, I guess it, it depends this is how they get you. Like what is common and what is rare? And they don't really say. They just when they when they want things to be I don't think be, anybody would go around saying childhood diabetes is a, is a is a very rare condition. No, not very rare necessarily. But they are they are uh characterizing this particular event as common when in fact it is well below other things that afflict kids that we consider to be somewhat common, things like cancer, things like diabetes, that sort of well below all of that. But they pull the old switcheroo. Like, even if you want to have this debate about what is common and what is rare, it, again, they, they assign these labels based on convenience rather than any objective measure. So um, uh, headline fortune magazine. Let me pull this up here. Uh, the, 
Bronnie James cardiac arrest reignites rumors linking rare instances of myocarditis to the COVID-19 vaccine. Okay, so almost nobody gets myocarditis after taking the shot. That's very rare. That's the idea here. Well, how how rare is rare? You look up the stats and uh, according to the Yale School of Medicine here for young males between 12 and 17, slightly younger than Bronnie. Yes, but that's the group to which we're comparing for all the other stats, generally speaking. The rate is uh, about 36 per 100,000 for getting myocarditis after the shot, or at least after two of the shots. So myocarditis after the shot is exceptionally rare, they say, when that's 36 per 100,000. Cardiac collapse among kids is common. That's 12 per 100,000. And so you can see how things are either rare or common, depending on whether they need them to be rare or common. Even though myocarditis among young men getting the shot is 12 times as high as their supposed number of kids collapsing during athletic events. We're just collapsing. I reject these statistics anyway. I mean, what, what is after the vaccine mean? In this uh, particular source from the Yale school of medicine, they say after the second dose, but the highest risk people are within a month, two months of the second dose. Uh, I don't see a specific deadline here. Well, I hate this because, most myocarditis, I, I don't know that most myocarditis, but when I was talking to Peter McCullough about this, he's like, you know, some of these things are going to be so long after the event of getting the vaccine that they, um, they're, they won't be able to establish a causal relationship Yeah, uh, because the inflama- inflammation can happen really quickly. It can happen really slowly. Well, wow. so yeah, it's, uh, th- the point I'm saying here is just that when they want to tell you that there's that. You shouldn't be worried about this collapse because the collapse is actually common and there's no way it's myocarditis because that's actually rare. Well, instances of myocarditis among this demographic are actually much higher than instances of collapse from cardiac arrest. My favorite line that they go with, too, is, well, okay, it might have been myocarditis, but did you know that it's it's more likely that you get myocarditis from COVID itself than from the vaccine, which... Uh, okay. Even if true, first of all, there's no evidence that he had COVID, but let's take your argument as true. Uh, that would be an admission and an argument to accept that is to accept that the vaccine did little to nothing to stop him from getting COVID and for, from uh, mitigating serious adverse effects caused by COVID. So what was the point of the vaccine Why I bought it right. in that exactly. case? And so, you know, what can parents do? That's the what does a parent of an athlete do? Well, they, they're saying you need to protect your kids from the risk of playing sports. And uh, no, you need to protect your kids from the risk of government intervention. How about that? This is criminal what parents have done to children. Like if you gave your kid the vaccine, you fucked up and you're going to pay for it later. Yeah, it's uh, what, and I guess they just want you to carry on believing that, that the safest thing you could do is inject your, your kid with whatever concoction the, the pharmaceutical companies tell you to at any point in time. That's the safest thing you can do. But if they want to play football, you should have all sorts of questions about that or basketball or any other sport. Where's the outrage? Anyway. Um, we will uh, get to the uh, Hunter Biden episode in court momentarily, but first got to check in with our government olds and I'll try to be as brief and merciful as possible. Ugh, oh, I went so painful. I went too far ahead. We're not, we're not ready for Feinstein. First, we got to talk, uh, which one was more painful? I don't know. I mean, you could make an argument for either one, but we'll start with Mitch McConnell freezing mid sentence speaking with reporters about the defense spending bill. Most people saw this clip this week, but in case not, this is what it looked and sounded like. A partisan cooperation and a string of uh, uh, 
bra. It's going for 22 seconds. That's I Steve can't. Danes from Montana right behind him on the left side of the frame. <laughs> like, ooh, you can watch his eyes. Anything else you want to say? I'm sure it's good back to you. Okay. Oh my God, you're too old to be making any kind of decisions. For other um, people, especially. God. So far, no official explanation for exactly what happened. Experts say it could have been a seizure or a stroke or possibly dehydration or a response to medication that he's on. Uh, maybe myocarditis, but if it was myocarditis, it's only because it was caused by Corona, not caused by the vaccine. They do know that. And well, maybe uh, he's just an old ass man. Yeah, I, I'm not. I, I don't get uh, conspiratorial about any of this. It's just he's he's old. That dude is old. And that's nursing home he's type four stuff. four years older than the average age of death. You know, uh, is he is he average? So for men, it's what, like 72, 73, something like that. I think it's 76. So he's five oh. years older. Oh, OK. So is he 80 yet? I don't know. He's 81. But he um, Mitch McConnell was right back at it. He um, he was joking with reporters shortly thereafter saying he he talked to Biden and he told Biden that he got sandbagged. Well, the president called to check on me. I told him I got sandbagged. Oh, no. How are you feeling now, sir? Oh, got him. I don't even know what he means. I like this. Like, I got that other old guy by taking a jab at his embarrassing old guy moment. Okay. Uh, Remember when Biden fell on the stage at the Air Force Academy? Right. And then he he, said that. uh, It was the sandbag. I got he told the CNN reporters I got sandbagged. And then he did his little hoppity skippity do as he. Came off of uh, the the airplane. He's the so helicopter. young and agile. You know? Yeah. Well, it was a pretty good move for him at the time. I got to say. Uh, okay. Then we have um, we have Diane Feinstein, and um, this was the second incident related to this defense spending bill. It was Diane Feinstein's turn to participate in what was a voice vote on this bill, and everybody goes around and they say I or nay, as in I support or I do not support this bill. And Feinstein, apparently confused, just starts uh, getting into some sort of floor speech about why she supports the bill. And all of her aides are telling her, no, no, that, it's not time for that. Just say I. Just say I. Please stop talking and just say I. And eventually she does. Senator Feinstein. Um, say I. Pardon me? I. Yeah. Uh, to say. I, I would like to support a yes vote on this. Um, it provides 823 billion. That's an increase of 26 billion for the Department of Defense, and the, it funds priorities submitted. Yeah, just say aye. Okay, just aye. Great, aye. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know. I think that Mitch McConnell might be worse. <laughs> Uh, they're both terrible. And, and I, I should have brought up the tweet, but David Hogg had maybe the worst take on, on Mitch McConnell saying, oh, man, if this was Joe Biden, media would be all over it. But because our right wing media is so biased in favor of Mitch McConnell, they won't even talk about it. Because I mean, everyone loves Mitch McConnell. It's a delusional take to think that, you know, that most of our mainstream media has some right wing bias. But it's also delusional to think that most uh, conservatives, Republican voters, libertarians, non-Democrats, however you want to classify them, that they all just love Mitch McConnell so much that they're so protectionist about Mitch McConnell. And it's like, no, nah, dude, we actually all want these olds out of the Senate for reasons that are kind of apolitical, really. It's I mean, I, I hate Dianne Feinstein's policy, obviously, but 
more fundamental than that, there's a certain judgment capacity, a certain cognitive ability that is required for the job. And these people don't have it. I don't know. Yeah. I, Mitch has taken a bunch of falls recently, so it's not just this. That's not the first thing that's happened to him in the last couple of years. So, yeah, no, <laughs> nobody's a big fan of this necessarily. Um, and and I, I want to remind everyone, too, because you think, well, why the hell is Feinstein still in the Senate? California is California. If she retires, they'll just appoint another Democrat. Why are they hanging on to her? A reminder, if she leaves... California Governor Gavin Newsom gets to appoint her replacement for the rest of the term. And Newsom has pledged for the Jumanji Brown Jackson. He has pledged a black chick that would work against Adam Schiff, who is running for the seat that Feinstein will leave next year or specifically in January 2025. So we have to endure at least Feinstein's particular nursing home uh, moments so that Pencil Neck has his best shot. That's why. That's why this is going on. And speaking of uh, Pencil Neck, maybe there is still a little bit of, of life in Congress um, because uh, <laughs> it's according to this reporting, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and uh, Eric Swalwell were about to fight each other over a dispute relating to Adam Schiff. So earlier this summer, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy held a vote to censure Adam Schiff for his lies about Trump-Russia collusion, and there was even a resolution to remove him from the House, though I guess that didn't really go anywhere. But during debate of this uh, particular um, this particular action, California Congressman Eric Swalwell reportedly told McCarthy, this is pathetic. You're a weak, weak man. And there may have been another word uttered that starts with a P and ends with an ussy, at least if uh, the allegations are to be believed. According to unnamed sources who claim to have witnessed it. The next day, Swalwell was walking around the bathroom outside the chamber. McCarthy spotted him and said, if you ever say something like that to me again, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. And then the two men got in each other's faces, nose to nose, this source said, with Swalwell baiting, saying, are we really going to do this? McCarthy replied, call me a pussy again. I will kick your ass. And the two did not physically fight. Um... But when asked about this incident, apparently Swalwell and his office did not deny it. McCarthy Mm -hmm. is not responding to request for comment. Um, So, hey, if it's uh, if it's some sort of Swalwell McCarthy cage match that finally kicks off Civil War Two, I'm here for it. I don't know if I really want to be on McCarthy's team, per se, but uh, I don't know. I, I just I've lost all delusion that there's some sort of uh, dignity and decorum to this place. Right. So why wouldn't we just show up for things that still have entertainment? Oh, I'm, I'm, I, I'm I all about it. Make it pay-per-view. I'll pay gladly. Totally. Okay. I'm in. It could be, uh, what's the term? The, is it the undercard or people who know fighting will tell me what's like the, <laughs> the, the opening band equivalent for fighting. It should be Swalwell <laughs> and uh, McCarthy opening for, Zuckerberg and Musk. Everyone's going to tune okay. in. That's going to be great. All right. Well, let's get to uh, the bigger news stories this week. Uh, Hunter Biden and, of course, the uh, the new charges for Trump. But first, Hunter, uh, on Wednesday, the big news in federal court in Delaware was that Hunter Biden's plea deal fell apart. So he actually pled guilty, f- uh, not guilty, rather. He, he pled not guilty for now. And as of now, it does remain possible that his case continues to trial, though I don't think that's the direction it's going to go, but it's theoretically possible. 
recall Hunter had this plea deal in place in which he would uh, plead guilty to two misdemeanor charges of not paying his taxes in 2017 and 2018. And then he'd get this felony charge for his illegal gun possession uh, while being a drug addict or a drug user deferred. Meaning there would be no gun felony for Hunter as long as he sticks with rehab and obeys the court's orders. That was the deal that was in place. And Hunter was supposed to just walk into court and say guilty to these misdemeanors and call it a day. But that is not what happened. And that's because of a dispute between the prosecution and Hunter's defense about what exactly he's immune from. And that's if you want to put it politely. Hunter's lawyers may have actually tried to sneak in blanket immunity for him. I mean, they, they tried to do this. It's just what level of uh, how odd you consider this move right. to be in terms of whether you think it's sneaky or dishonest. Um, but what Hunter's lawyers were trying to do was get very broad immunity beyond just the specifics of his uh, lack of tax payment and his gun possession issue. So there are there were two documents involved in the hearing. There's Hunter's plea agreement in which he's saying, yeah, I'm guilty to the tax charges. And then there's Hunter's diversion agreement in which prosecutors agree to drop that gun charge if Hunter follows the rules. So buried in the diversion agreement, the document about the gun stuff was this clause that would give Hunter blanket immunity for a wide range of potential charges, including, as specified in the document, Hunter's foreign lobbying and business dealings. Now, if you're a if you're a, a Biden fan or a loyal Democrat, you say, well, that's because they're afraid of um, they're afraid of, say, Trump coming in or a Republican coming in in 2024 and uh, inaugurated in 2025 and weaponizing the DOJ to go after Hunter. So Hunter didn't do anything wrong. He's just protecting just himself DOJ. in anticipation of the DOJ changing hands. If you're someone who's critical of, of Hunter, as I think you should be, you say this is a this is a move to try to get a lot of protection through for Hunter in the hope that the judge would not notice it because it was buried in uh, an unusual place within the court documentation. And it, this apparently was very unusual. Um, these non-prosecution promises, according to this reporting, always appear in the plea agreement. But in this case, they were instead, quote unquote, hidden in the diversion agreement. And the judge also thought that was highly unusual. And so she opted neither to accept nor reject the deals uh, because the prosecution and defense under these terms don't really even agree on what Hunter is immune from and what he is not immune from. Right. So as for clarification, um, well, when they were asked for clarification, prosecutors confirmed that additional um, there's additional investigation into Hunter. Additional charges remain possible in the future. And that's not what Hunter's legal team was looking for with this plea deal. So that's where it stands right now. Um, we'll get to what to expect next as this case develops. But first, there's this. There's also this question. Did Hunter's legal team try to impersonate lawyers from the House Ways and Means Committee? Yes, it, it does sound like that. So the House Ways and Means Committee chairman, Jason Smith, he attempted to block Biden's plea agreement ahead of the Wednesday hearing. And he filed documents on Tuesday that urged this judge to reconsider testimony to Congress by um, IRS whistleblowers, which alleged that Biden received preferential treatment. Okay. So court files indicate that Jessica Bangles, which is these that they're calling her an administrative staff member at the firm representing Biden. But as far as I can tell, she's like a, she's like a full 
lawyer. She's, she's a lawyer. They're calling her an, an administrative staff member. Either way, she's from the firm representing Hunter. There's no dispute yes. about that. Right. But I think that they're they're um, understating her position as a, as a legitimate attorney yeah. to try to get out of this. Sure. So she called a member of the court clerk's office just before noon on Tuesday, seeking the documents removal from the public docket, saying they contain secret details, including Social Security, taxpayer, grand jury information. So this judge, which uh, everybody is pointing out is a Trump appointee, um, Mary Ellen Nareka, she's overseeing the Biden case. She suggested that Bengals pretended to call from the committee chairman's law firm um, and ordered Biden's attorney to submit in writing why they shouldn't be sanctioned. She said, quote, it appears that the caller misrepresented her identity and who she worked for in an attempt to improperly convince the clerk's office to remove the amicus materials from the docket. And she said this, um, she said this in, in no uncertain terms that she, that she openly misrepresented who she was and the firm from which she was calling. No, she denied uh, it. No, no, no. The, 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 uh, oh, the, the, the court, the court clerk. Oh, I thought you were talking about Bengals. No, she's denying yeah. it. She's, yeah, yeah. she's like, I absolutely did. They're trying to make it seem like it was an accidental misrepresentation. Oh, the clerk has commented. I didn't know that because that's, that's the problem is so far. We just have like Bengals, um, saying, well, let me get to Bengals defense and the defense of, I haven't of, heard Bengals say anything. I, I, the firm I think has stated, but you can talk. About it. Yeah. I, either it's either the firm or her, but they're saying it's, it's all a, a misunderstanding. A misunderstanding. So Bengals said she provided the name of her law firm during the call and indicated the documents were filed by attorney Theodore Catilla's firm, which represents the Republican committee chairman. So Bengals is saying, no, no, I called them up and said, my name is Bengals. I work for Hunter's legal team. We need to get this filing from the House Ways and Means Committee taken out because it has all sorts of sensitive personal information that doesn't belong in there. And it, somehow in the process of her saying that filing is from X law firm, which represents the House Ways and Means Committee, Bengals is saying that the court clerk just interpreted her to mean that she's from that firm when she is not, as a matter of fact. And when she says that she never misrepresented, uh, misrepresented herself on the call. It's quite the defense. But the, but you're saying a clerk. I was not aware of that. You're saying a clerk is testifying to this misrepresentation claim. I'd no, not heard that's, that. No, 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 no. That's what the judge. The judge is saying this. Oh, the okay, judge is okay. like, it's very obvious that she like openly misrepresented who she is, and we're going to need a statement from them about Got why it. and how this happened. And then that was the statement that what you just talked about yeah. was a statement from um, it, Biden's team. I I I can't believe. Am I really going to do this? The, the move is so brazen that I have a hard time believing that they actually tried this because it to do this would be to do a lot of damage to what was a very favorable plea agreement for their client. It's so insanely risky if they actually tried to do this. But maybe the information they're trying to get taken away is so damaging that it's worth the risk. I'm inclined to believe that this was a misunderstanding. I can't believe I'm saying that. Just it's just Seriously, though? it's such but an insane woman, move. She's not some, but they're but they're understating her position. They're saying that she's just this administrative person. She's a lawyer with the firm, yeah. and she's the firm's director of litigation services. It's not like she's some random person, like low level clerk or whatever. Well, I, that's what I'm saying is it's a misunderstanding. If it's a misunderstanding, it's on the part of the court clerk rather than her. Shit. I don't know. I mean, I think that it's possible that she thought maybe I'll talk to some dumbass court clerk. And I yeah, maybe slide this one in. 
Um, do you think this is just an accident? There would be a, there are a couple ways to figure it out. Um, one, I, I'm sure there probably isn't a recording of that phone call, but if there is, I mean, that's, there's your kill shot that would clarify. Um, or number two, if we could get this particular clerk to clarify, like describe your understanding of that call. Did she say to you explicitly, I'm Jessica Bengals from X law firm, the house ways and means committee lawyer. And if that's the and case, she didn't. Well, if she didn't do that, though, uh, then she had to know that they would just assume that she was from the other firm. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's just it's it's such an insane move. But then again, I mean, I, it, we're talking about uh, a lot of people in D.C. who are buddy buddy and pull all sorts of uh, dishonest, insane moves all the time. So maybe it's not so crazy. I just if if that really happened, I'm uh, I'm shocked. Even for these people, if that's the case. Uh, but um, what's next in the Hunter case? Uh, well, the judge has given both sides uh, 30 days to negotiate and come back with an agreement that they actually do agree on. If they can't agree, as I said, it remains possible that the case goes to trial. But given the efforts by um, Hunter's team to shield Hunter from additional investigation, indeed, that's what they were trying to do with this immunity language inserted into the diversion agreement. And if we believe the uh, worst explanation for what jessica bangles this lawyer was doing that is also what they're trying to do is maximize um immunity for hunter biden and minimize additional investigation into all sorts of skeletons hidden in those closets yes i got to think that they that these lawyers want nothing to do with this case going to trial so i would be i would be shocked if it actually gets there but uh then again i everything everything on wednesday was shocking from the plea deal being rejected to these allegations of misrepresentation. <sighs> Everybody thought Hunter was going to go in and just, uh, you know, get the slap on the wrist and walk out 20 minutes, call it a day. That is not what happened. So this really took a lot of um, twists and turns. Meanwhile, the impeachment, uh, this, that's just the the legal peril of, of Hunter Biden. As far as the DOJ is concerned, we also have impeachment coming from mm-hmm. the house getting more and more serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this, of course, is is more directly related to to Hunter wielding his influence around the world uh, to cash in for his his family personally. It's not necessarily about the tax issue or the, the gun issue, uh, which is, of course, the heart of the Hunter Biden scandal. And the most damning evidence coming from congressional evidence lately is that FBI informant file that shows an FBI confidential human source, a very trusted longtime source for the FBI, saying he spoke with Burisma officials in Ukraine who confirm, yeah, they engaged in a bribery scheme with Joe and Hunter Biden, whereby Joe, uh, Joe would get the Ukrainian prosecutor investigating the company, Victor Shokin, fired in exchange for $10 million, $5 million each for Joe and Hunter. And so House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, when he's not trying to kick Eric Swalwell's ass, is floating the idea of starting an impeachment inquiry against Joe Biden. Uh, he's, he's, he was uh, floating the idea this week, that is. Uh, I don't, did Eric Swalwell call him a pussy again for this movie? <laughs> I haven't, we haven't heard Swalwell's commentary. Um, but on Tuesday, Congressman Daryl Issa, um, on, on Fox predicted an impeachment inquiry that will be opened by early September. And when he was asked if 222 Republican members would vote to impeach Biden, uh, Issa said, absolutely. In fact, I expect some Democrats will join. I wouldn't be too optimistic about that. But uh, 
Uh, of course, even if it if if the House were to pass the articles of impeachment, you'd see, I think, something of a repeat of what happened with Trump. You're going to get the charges brought. There's no way he's convicted at trial in the Senate and removed from office. But politically speaking, what, number one, I mean, as a matter of the truth, I think this is almost certainly an impeachable offense. It really looks like this guy yeah. cashed in on his influence around the world to benefit him personally at the expense of U.S. policy. So there's but that. we would be fools to be expecting justice at this point now, wouldn't we? But um, but just as a matter of the truth and the law, that's one point aside. There's also the politics of it, which I think are secondary, but they are uh, of mm-hmm. consideration. Um, even, even if you don't get Joe Biden out of office because everyone in the Senate is just like Sam Harris and they don't care if there are actual kids' bodies in the Biden basement, they're not voting to get him out, you still put the vulnerable senators like John Tester here in Montana or uh, Joe Manchin in West Virginia, or Kirsten Cinema in uh, in Arizona, Sherrod Brown in Ohio, all the rest. You put them on the record voting to protect this guy, and you make that a liability for them on the campaign trail in 2024. That would be the political angle on this. And there is also likely uh, m- more significant evidence coming out this week uh, in that congressional investigation into Hunter and Joe on Monday, Devin Archer, who uh, was is uh, Hunter Biden's former business partner and and former fellow Barisma board member, he's set to testify before the House Oversight Committee, and he is expected to say that he personally witnessed Joe Biden sitting in on at least two dozen business calls with Hunter. Remember all that I never discussed business with my son talk that's been destroyed a million times over, but this would be a million and one. Devin Archer, uh, did he go paddleboarding with Obama over the weekend at Martha's Vineyard? I don't know. Someone needs to check mm. up on him. But they can't. He's gone into hiding all week. He has disappeared, which is probably the smart move. Um, yeah, I mean, I assume he's afraid that he's going to get he's going to get whacked, right? I yeah i I would not uh, show up anywhere in public either. He uh, sources say he has received threats, so he's fled his homes in Brooklyn and Long Island. Hiding all week at an undisclosed location. He's not even with his wife either, apparently. His wife, Krista, says Archer is not in D.C. with her at the moment. And then, uh, breaking over the weekend, there was the DOJ sent a letter to uh, Archer because he apparently has his own he has his own legal issues related to fraud. So he is facing prison time himself. Yeah. But they're it, saying, some- hey, report and go to jail. <laughs> Whatever the letter is saying here. It's a 2018 conviction on two felony charges for a conspiracy to defraud a Native American tribe, which makes me think that this guy might be awesome. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about him. Um, but now, like right before tomorrow, they're like, shit, we better we better do something about this. So federal prosecutors uh, yesterday, I think like yesterday evening, filed this letter requesting a judge immediately set a date um, for him, for Archer, to start his one-year sentence in this fraud case. Totally unrelated. Um so, I mean, like you mentioned, it's it's pretty obvious what he's going to say um, on Monday. And so his attorney, uh, Matthew Schwartz, has come out and he said that he's going to be filing a formal response to this uh, U.S. attorney's request by Wednesday. And so I think that's a smart move. He's like, I'm just going to delay the response to the maximum amount until after the hearing. So at least I can keep my client alive until Monday. Right. Um, and he's, he's like, no, my client's still going to testify uh, <laughs> despite this DOJ letter, although we'll see what happens. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I think it at my, my minimum level cynicism is like, they're trying to cast aspersions on him and be like, this guy's a fucking criminal and let everybody know right before. 
Um, my maximum amount of cynicism is like they want to get him in jail and get him killed, get him Epstein before Monday. Although wouldn't they have started the proceedings for this like a little bit earlier then? They so would I think have this is to. probably he- a, a character assassination yeah. attempt. I think um, it's, but he clearly uh, is worried about it. He's gone into hiding. I think it's that. And um, I, I think two considerations. Um, number one is sort of an intimidation thing before the testimony. Like you might want to be careful about what you say because, uh, you know, we're still putting you in prison. So think about how we might. But he treat already knew you. that he was going to prison. Yeah, oh, like I, he might get Epstein. Or I assume there are Epstein. still some variables in how his prison term might play mm. out. That sort of thing. Yeah, that's definitely true. I also think, as you mentioned, it's the it's the discrediting angle. It's the DOJ scrambling to say, hey, look, that guy's a criminal. It's like, yeah. well, yeah, but I mean, in the case of uh, association with Hunter Biden, it kind of takes one to know one, doesn't it? I don't think <laughs> that's going to damage his credibility at all. I don't think people are going to look at, at his testimony tomorrow and think, oh, yeah, here's a guy who's on the Burisma board with Hunter starting in 2014 or whenever it was. And He's knows all like these- an upstanding and honest guy, right? Yeah I, yeah, I mean, you have to assume if he was part of that arrangement that he uh, he did some shit. That's kind of baked yeah. into that cake. And um, and so I don't think if if the angle is just discrediting him, it's a it's a Hail Mary, perhaps, but I don't think it's going to do much. Uh, but yeah, that'll be fascinating to see how that turns out tomorrow. Or maybe, you know, I guess it probably won't be too surprising. He's just going to be like, yeah, I uh, I heard a lot of phone calls. Uh, Hunter and Joe were on the phone together saying, uh, is five million dollars each enough? And uh, it was. But I mean, the question is, is he going to perjure himself now? Ah, uh, because like perjury because he's saying false things tomorrow or because he's saying things contrary to prior statements. Both. I mean, at this point he's looking at, he's going to go to jail for a year, no matter what. And he's probably like, all right, but what they're threatening here is that they're going to put me in a cell with Tyrone convicted sex offender or whatever, or they're going to Epstein me in prison. Whereas um, they could give me this like white collar criminal treatment. I can take day leave to play golf or whatever the fuck they do for people um, in politics that commit crimes and have to go to jail. Uh, and he might just, he might just decide to perjure himself. And then, you know, there's going to be no investigation into that. You're saying perjure be- himself as a defense mechanism. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. No, I hadn't thought of that angle. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be, a, it's going to be a fun show to watch, but he'd be uh, protected. Right. If he did that. Yeah, maybe. I, don't, I, I guess I hadn't thought of that strategy. But okay, um, we are we are due to catch up with our chatters, and then we'll talk Trump's charge at the other side of it. I have to be so bad. Okay, I will. Uh, I will start with some Rumble chats, and then we'll get to YouTube and Tippy after that. Uh, over on Rumble, your friendly neighborhood Fed says, "Longtime listener, first time chatter. Thanks for all the great shows over the years." Well, thank you. I just turned twenty six last week, and I found out my wife and I are expecting our firstborn, a boy early next year well congratulations to you and your family and um i'm sure that your uh, your federal government uh, health care will cover those costs quite nicely mr fed 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 congratulations to you guys and all the best to your family uh yakko 1977 says reportedly an illegal chinese bio lab was raided in california the lab is near a major naval air station instead of bombing our fleet was china going to infect our country again with a bioweapon that's news to me but i'm gonna have to check that out because if that's the case that is uh that is fascinating thank you for the intel on that uh friendly neighborhood fed also says missed last week because i had a uh 
a late game of the gayest sport, hockey. Speaking of, Matt and I once made love at the hockey rink. I showed him my huge deke, and he took my shot violently to the face. You had to do it, didn't you? I dare you, fucking bitch! Uh, Hockey's the least... thing was just said. He said hockey's the gayest sport. Oh, that's so crazy, but all right. Why is hockey gay? I thought that was one of the the least... The least gay sport. No, he's saying the gayest. No, that's incorrect. Anyway, this particular fed is uh, is having his first uh, child early next year, so right around the same timeline as us. Oh, nice. Hillbilly nice. Deluxe says, uh, these losers will continue to shoplift until regular people pick up the bat, swing the lead pipe, and administer final justice to these degenerate carbon blobs. Yeah, yeah, peacefully and all that sarcasm. <laughs> I mean, w- when we no longer police these things as a matter of law or lightly police them as a matter of law, what choice do you have? If you want to be an honest person doing honest business. Yeah, I, I there was an interesting, was that Wednesday we got a call? There's an interesting angle on this because, of course, I was talking about the Lowe's theft last week and some other episodes. And this caller said, I think that some of this is a deliberate strategy by the largest companies because they're willing to accept X amount of loss in theft, knowing that the theft that happens to their smaller competitors, those competitors won't be able to survive it. Won't be able to survive it. Hey, that's never Maybe. occurred to me. I, I that's I would love I want to believe that's not the case because that's so that is uh extremely cynical. It's ex- it's self-defeating too, and it's just a betrayal of of your country and basic right and wrong. Oh. But uh would I be shocked to learn that's the case? Well, no more shocked than I would be to learn that uh Hunter's team actually did try to deceive the court clerk. So I guess all these things are possible. Raymond right. Donovan is gay. All right. Blonde, your view against Protestants is skewed. A true Bible-believing church may refer to themselves as Baptists, but so do the uh, the inferior churches. I have to censor a little bit there. Focus less on labels and instead research the values. Mm. Is that fair or yeah, is that I mean, Protestant nonsense? It's Protestant nonsense. I mean, it's not like <laughs> most of my friends are Protestant yeah. and they have a better, they have deeper relationships with Christ a better inner prayer life and more understanding of the Bible than I do. But I still don't understand some of their philosophy, like the nature of some of their philosophies. Like I have mm. major problems with them. That being said, I mean, you know, the proof is in the pudding. They're, they're more religious. than me. Yeah. I, I, I would say that's a big concession. If you're willing to grant all those points, hard to argue. Yeah. Thank you, Raymond Donovan. If you are in fact him. And if you're not, I'll remind everyone that he's gay. JD1492, these people think so little of us. They'll have the conservative grassroots do the heavy lifting to impeach Biden just to bring uh, bring in the A-team of Pritzker, Whitmer, Newsom, and Big Mike. Dude, Big Mike, I fear the most uh, out of all the possible candidates. Michael Robinson, more commonly known as Michelle Obama, uh, would would genuinely inspire the most legitimate non-fortified votes for sure i don't think there's any candidate that no i mean how oh it's like it's like running oprah people just love that that uh, alleged lady yeah i guess so Uh, we're gonna don't understand why she's not particularly likable um let's just do a few more and then get back into it bill biz gotta admit pearly's catchy new song aggravates all the right people the question why can't we talk about is always considered hate speech by the usual suspects i know I mean, this appeals to me, too, but I think that people need to watch out for her. I don't think she can be trusted. Um, she was uh, Pierce Morgan was going after her for that. I saw yeah, she wrote some song about, you know, why can't we talk about the Jews? But then, like, 
why has she been allowed to be so successful? Why hasn't she been banned yet? It makes me inherently suspicious. She must be working for certain people. She must be an agent. Anyway. Yeah. Injured guardian. Matt, time to catch up with her chatters. Me. Okay. Blonde hasn't left. She can still answer my chat. Blonde. Zorzi says, me, crap, it's going to be an hour, freaking long-winded monarchist. <laughs> he has great thoughts. Not that you don't he injure really Guardians, does. but man, he's always bringing like the deep philosophy. So I, really? whenever there's that much thought put into a chat, I feel like I got to reciprocate. It wouldn't be fair if I, uh, if I didn't. Oh, Robin D. Banks, Matt and I once made love. Well, almost we were about to get down to it. Then his closet door flew open and out came Richard Parker yelling about the Jews. Does he ever stop? Because he's in my Discord. Is he talking about the Jews on Discord? I don't know. I, n- I never go in there. I just go in there and keyword search my name like once a month. And figure out who to ban. And then they have to yeah. email me to get them unbanned. Do not unban anybody that has done this AI voice thing. Ah, well, yeah, we probably should uh, set some rules about that. But mm. anyway. Guardian. Uh Oh, I already read that one. I'm retarded. I bought PN. No, no. Thank you, sir. Robin uh, D. Banks. Robin's came through twice for me. The same one. Oh, yep. I am not going to be niggardly. So, that. Robin, if that was accidental, let me know. We can uh, get you refunded on one of those. Travis Valle, comedy. No joke tonight. My wife and I are having our first baby tomorrow. Aww. She's breached. So we have to section, which wasn't part of our plan, but we're excited to welcome this new member of our family. Don't let anybody crawl up your ass about not trying a vaginal birth with a breech baby. You know, just do what is going to give you the highest likelihood of success in a pregnancy. And that is so great. And I'm so happy for you and it'll be fine. Everything's going to be fine. It's going to be cool. It's going to be fine. Everyone chill out. Congratulations. Uh, Of course. And I actually, I didn't know that. I guess I always assumed breach was a thing that was determined like mid labor. I didn't know that breach could be determined way ahead of the birth like that. Yeah. They'll pressure huh. you to section if you're breached at 36 weeks, but usually the baby turns over. So I assume that his wife is further along. So by that point, the baby has just assumed a permanent position, like a permanent yeah. orientation, for lack of a better word. One of those words yeah. that doesn't mean the same thing anymore. But a, a vaginal delivery is possible. However, hmm. uh, footling breaches, I think, have like the highest rate of cerebral palsy of, of any type of birth. So it is risky. Well, congratulations to you and your family, Travis, and uh, enjoy oh. the experience. We love you. You're very special. <laughs> love you. Uh, AP, I went to make some waffle fries tonight for our dinner, and the package said to cook them at 425 for 18 minutes. Nope. What's the world coming to? That's a lie. Just so everyone knows, Tra- I, I hardly talk about it anymore because uh, because I've moved on to the air fryer, and the rules are different for air fryer, but the crisping is We just is got supreme. an air fryer. And my dad was like, he, they bought us the nicest Ninja air fryer. Hmm. And they're like, this will change your life. I'm like, shut up, boomer. And then <laughs> they give it to us. And I'm like, this has changed my life. Yeah. We made chicken nuggets the other day, which is not really my jam. So crispy. Everything's like, I couldn't great. even believe it. If you think, can I air fry that? Yes, you can. And it's magnificent when you do. Uh, but back to the, to my, the old ways of my life, no matter what frozen potato product you buy from, your normal, uh, you know, like straight cut fries to your curly fries, to your waffle fries, to your tater tots. I don't care what the package says. You preheat to 425 and you don't put it in early. I know you're impatient, but you preheat all the way to 425 and you cook it. You can't it. put it in early. That's the, the key to success. With you this. you yeah. cook it for 25 minutes. It's 425. 
four two five. That is the rule. Again, air fryer changes the game. But if you have a standard normal oven, four two five four two five. Always remember. Great story, compelling and rich. And if you don't have an air fryer, you should get one. It'll change your life. They're great. We got one of those at a, at a listener recommendation. We got one of those that's like a do everything air fryer, toaster, oven, any way you want to cook it's things, amazing. it cooks them. And it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Like, how are these not deep fried in vegetable oil five minutes ago? No, yeah. Um, let's circle back. Okay. And Travis, that uh, that came through twice. So let's oh. know we'll send back. Well, oh, my gosh. It came through three times. Dude, Raja Muhan is at it again. He's duping everybody. Raja Muhan. Yeah, Travis, if that was accidental, get in touch with me. We'll we'll get that taken care of. I'm but, sure. Um, we, I'm 100% positive it was accidental. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. We'll come back to your chats at the end of the stream. Uh, for now, we'll get back into the news. And of course, uh, they just keep piling on the charges. Special counsel Jack Smith adding more charges to the Trump classified documents case. Um, recall Trump faced 37 felony counts just in this case prior. Well, now add three more. Uh, another willful retention of national defense information charge and two more obstruction charges. And the new charges also introduce a new defendant, Mar-a-Lago worker Carlos de Oliveira, who joins Trump and his assistant Walt Nauta facing charges. Well, um, this may seem just like piling on the same stuff they did before, and it, it really is. Uh, it's a, It's another felony for another document, essentially. There are several pieces about the these new charges that are significant, including the nature of the obstruction that they're now alleging. So first of all, uh, briefly, um, recall that uh, prosecutors have that recording of Trump from July 2021 mm-hmm. saying, hey, see this document? It's highly classified. I could have declassified it as president, but here it is. Well, that was referring to the so-called uh, Iran memo, which detailed plans for a potential U.S. attack on Iran. Now, it was previously reported, and we discussed on the stream, that the Iran memo was not part of the group of documents for which Trump was being charged. And that created something of a disconnect in the case. Not a fatal flaw, I don't think, but a disconnect in that the greatest piece of evidence for the prosecution was Trump admitting to improper handling of a classified document. Or at least that's that's how they're presenting it. And I think any objective analyst would say, yep, from a legal defense perspective, that's not a good recording. Uh, We really wish he didn't say that. And we wish there wasn't a recording of that because why? Because that's demonstrating the intent component necessary to proving this crime in court. That's, that's why it's important, but you had that greatest piece of evidence, but you didn't have the document that he was talking about as part of the case. So you'd have to make this argument. Well, here, here we are demonstrating intent, but every document that we have is a different document that he wasn't talking about at the time. Well, it appears that prosecutors at least, uh, we're, uh, at least as it's being presented now, they have tightened that up. They actually have the Iran memo in their possession. So as the case exists now, they'll be able to go to a jury uh, and, and say, yeah, he was talking on the recording about this document. Here is this document. It is sensitive. It is classified. It's national defense information, blah, blah, blah. They have that tightly connected now. So that's um, that's point one. Point two is on this new obstruction claim. And this new obstruction claim is about, well, people are saying deleting video. It's really about allegedly trying to delete video. And even more specifically than that, it's about people saying that people said that they wanted to delete video 
it's very removed from the actual action of deleting the video is the point that I'm trying to make, at least as far as we've seen demonstrated uh, so far. But um, the heart of this new obstruction charge is, is this claim that Trump wanted to delete surveillance footage at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, mm-hmm. And the accusation is this attempt to delete footage was after Trump had received a subpoena from a, from a grand jury, uh, which for which the, the footage is relevant evidence. So in case you're thinking, well, isn't it Trump's footage? Yeah, but he, he had received a subpoena at this point. If you, if you go deleting footage or records after receiving that subpoena, you have a problem if that's what happened. But based on the way that they've presented this so far, I'm not at all convinced that's what happened. The allegation is that Trump was directly in contact with Nada and uh, De Oliveira about deleting security footage based on, they say this based on call logs and text records and that these three had an agreement to try to delete the security footage but there's not a lot of substantiation to that accusation. The charging document says De Oliveira asked another Trump employee about um, how long the video server retained footage. And that employee responded he believed it was about 45 days. And then De Oliveira told the employee that, quote, the boss, referring to Trump, wanted the server deleted. And this Trump employee said, well, I don't even know how to do that. And I don't think that I have the rights to do that. So if you want to do that, you're going to have to speak with a supervisor of security. Now, if this uh, if this Trump employee or De Oliveira or someone with direct knowledge of this flipped to testify to that claim in court, that could be pretty damning if they if they achieve that. They, there's also the problem here, though, that there's no evidence anything was actually deleted. Trump produced nine nine months worth of footage and gave it to the DOJ. Of course, it is true that conspiracy to destroy evidence is also a crime. So they don't necessarily have to. The alleged criminal here doesn't necessarily have to succeed in the crime. If, if that person just tries to do it, that's still a problem. But personally, I, I have a hard time believing that Trump was on this quest to get the footage deleted, his own footage but was, I guess, technically incapable of doing it. And I don't mean him personally. I understand that if, like, Trump is sitting at the computer trying to hit the right keys to delete the footage, I wouldn't... If it's not like that, that he has people on staff that act at, uh, in his best interest without his knowledge. Well, there's that angle, too, that even if this happened, like, you're still going to have to show that it was at Trump's direction to charge Trump. There's that disconnect that they don't necessarily have substantiated yet, unless one of these guys testifies to that fact. Yeah. And I, I and just I don't even it, believe that. I mean, this doesn't seem like a super strong case with all you're I, the idea that Trump's sitting around Mar-a-Lago and he wants something to happen. That is a matter of some keystrokes and he can't make it happen because why I just, I don't buy that. I don't buy that idea that there was all this intent and attempt there, but they couldn't achieve it from a technical perspective. Maybe there's something I'm missing that we'll have to wait and see what additional evidence and information prosecutors can produce. That That's about the matters of fact that Jack Smith has produced relative to this uh, obstruction case. But there's also just the politics of the timing to think about. Because um, remember that just two weeks ago, Jack Smith was trying to get this case to trial in December and Trump's team right. wanted to postpone it after till after the general election. The judge settled on May. But 
we have to believe that Jack Smith didn't just discover this new evidence and decide to indict a third defendant in two weeks time. All of these new mm-hmm. facts, just he suddenly discovered them <laughs> within <laughs> within a couple of weeks. Alternative interpretation. He knew all of this stuff was in front of him and he wanted the quick trial date for some reason otherwise. So Jack Smith has all these other loose ends in his case. And instead of taking the time to tie them up and complete the investigation of the case, he's pressuring the court for this really quick trial. Why? That invites political explanations. Is there a reason that they want the trial right before the primary season? Is Draw your own conclusion there. It's just, it just doesn't make sense that you're still working on the case, but also pushing for a trial right now when you haven't completed all the details of your case yet. Right, right. Just something to think about. So that's where all that stands. You ready to talk Obama's chef? Tell me the official facts. I already rained on your parade about this one. Okay, so I was seeing a lot of people in the live chat being like, he was a professional swimmer. That is, I don't know where people, can someone tell me where people heard this? Because like 10 different people said that. Oh, I saw him taking swim lessons. I didn't think that I... I didn't I'll see anything that, that he was like at this elite level of swimming, but maybe I missed something. No, but I would like, since so many people said that in the live chat, I would like to know like where the student came from. It could be. Maybe I missed it. So an unidentified eyewitness was out paddleboarding with this guy, Campbell, on Sunday, last Sunday. And he told police, he made a statement to police, but nobody knows who this dude is, that he saw him lose his balance and fall into the water. This was eight feet of water, by the way. Did you know that? I, I heard that. Yeah. So it's in like it's it's in some kind of bay or cove. We're obviously not talking like off the Atlantic shore out into the ocean, something like that. We're not talking like rip current, pulled a brother under. Yeah. Eight feet of water. I, I don't know how this possibly happened. He wasn't wearing a life jacket. He wasn't attached to the paddleboard and he fought to stay above the water before eventually drowning right in front of this guy's eyes. And the guy but this witness doesn't, doesn't describe where the paddleboard is in relation to him while he's struggling and drowning. Where, why, I guess my obvious question is, why doesn't he grab the paddleboard? Did it go missing? It must have just gone too far and he couldn't. He just lost it. So the witness it. It just, okay. swam over there, couldn't get him, he drowned. Then he gets back on shore. He swims back to shore, calls 911. Anyway, about the swimming thing. Um, Campbell's Instagram post suggested he may have only learned to swim within the last five or so years in October, 2017, he posted a photo of him and his wife, Cherie standing chest deep in a crystal blue water in Aruba with the hashtags still can't swim. One follower asked, but can you swim though? Lol. Uh, a haunting post <laughs> in retrospect. In here, <laughs> <laughs> but people are getting all conspiratorial about this because there were some things with the 911 call that are a little weird, but I don't know. Okay. So the 911 call from this um, unnamed eyewitness does not have a reason for the call. You can see a call log from the entire day. Every other call that day, which wasn't that many calls, had a reason. But this, it was conspicuously absent from the official logs. Um, I don't know. The police chief told Daily Mail that the call log is generated by the county sheriff's office. And it, this might have just happened. Uh it might've just happened randomly. Like they don't really know why. Um, but additionally, there was also some location information that was, there was, there was a discrepancy. Like somebody said, I think it was a police department said it came from Obama's residence, but the actual location, the 911 call was, um, two miles away, like right outside 
of where this happened. And the official so, story is Obama and Michelle not home. They weren't o- home. Yeah. Obama girls in town, but unknown if they were home at the time. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to kill somebody, I don't know why. This seems like a really stupid way to try to kill somebody. So. We'll evaluate the evidence on Obama's hands and below his eye momentarily. Uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. He did it. Uh, <laughs> okay. So we have like a kind of, uh, we have reason for the call discrepancy. We have location, uh, potential discrepancy. Well, then you have the Obamas out, uh, on the town or out in public on Martha's vineyard over the weekend, uh, for the first time since the death of this chef, uh, Barack Obama went golfing. Michelle flopped his penis around on the tennis court. Uh, and both of this was near the family home on Martha's Vineyard. Notably, though, photos show Barack Obama golfing with bandages or band-aids or tape of some kind all over his hands and fingers. And I don't know. I mean, admittedly, this looks more like a shadow to me than any kind of uh, any kind of injury. And the rest of the photos don't appear to show this as far as I can tell. But um, people say, some say on Twitter that there, there's darkness under his eye as though he has a black eye. He suffered some sort of wound in, I guess, the interaction of killing his chef underwater uh, in, in this particular cove or bay. He probably so, just got myocarditis and drowned. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, maybe. Maybe yeah. it was. Ca- cardiac arrest is so common among these young men. I know he's not that young, but he's young. He's in his 50s. His kids oh, he, are 20. So. Oh, I was talking about the chef. I thought he was younger than that. No, uh, he's pretty old. Let me look up. Oh, he's in his 50s? I, uh, let's see. I guess Obama's older than his 50s, right? He's in his 60s, is he not? Doesn't matter, but. 45. The chef was. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So maybe it seems like you're, you're accepting the, uh, the general story as told mostly, but did the Hillary angle persuade you anymore that Hillary's chef also died under mysterious circumstances? No, because he, uh, was alive like way after he was, he was chef during a second presidency, a non a non-Clinton presidency. It's just a question of when his knowledge becomes inconvenient. Oh, God. All right. No, they kill people. I mean, I, I understand that. Uh, but but this just seems like, no, probably not. So this is eight years after Walter Sheeb, who served as the White House executive chef from 94 to 2005, was found partially submerged in a ravine in the New Mexico mountains in 2015. That's the other thing. 2015? I don't know. So he was on a hike near Towski Valley, and it looks like he got injured and fell into this ravine where, where he drowned. He's not Towski Ravine, but he drowned. I, okay. Uh, okay. You've seen I Shouldn't Be Alive. We both have watched every episode of that show. People Most of them, yeah. Get, people get injured on hikes and die all the time. Like of all the people that, that the Clintons are involved with their deaths, I think this is the least likely that, that they've actually killed him. Did you see... Um... Whose podcast is it? They He hosted Anthony Weiner. I wish I could credit the host, but this is a pretty well-established show. The chat might know. And Anthony Weiner was pressed on the Clinton body count. And Anthony Weiner just went into full rage mode. And one of his major points was the Clintons are old. And when you're old, a lot of your friends die. It's like, dude, like, they've no. been... 
They've been dying uh, for Vincent. decades. This is not oh like God, uh, this is not like just a recent thing that's been happening. Uh, oh my God, what is his name? Vince um, Foster. Yeah, Vince Foster. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I, that was so suspicious. A lot of the people involved uh, that have died around the Clintons were, were not old either. Uh, yeah, well, they've been. They, it dates back to the times when the Clintons themselves weren't even really old. Yeah, so Vince Foster died in in like ninety two or something. My favorite me. I'm just. I know. I'll accept your factual description of the events. I'm. I'm still going with my favorite meme of the week, though, and that is uh, Michelle and Barack discussing the events after uh, realizing that the chef had seen Michelle's dick and they had to dispose of this chef for that oh, reason. No. I, I think that's the most logical explanation. That's definitely it. Yeah. I, I read I should have saved the article, but I read a great article from NBC talking about everyone so conspiratorial on Twitter and it name dropped people like um, Ian Miles Chong yeah. and other people like in the kind of uh, quote unquote right wing Twitter space. I think Elon Musk was even part of it, too. But it was calling them conspiracy theorists and and, you know, uh, truth deniers, whatever. But their tweets were so innocent and I'm not saying that as a criticism of them they weren't tweeting like this guy definitely saw michelle's dick and that's why he had to be whacked they were tweeting things like what do you guys think really happened that was it just like open questions for discussion and that was worthy of a hit piece and while i will certainly acknowledge and respect uh, everyone in this arena who who gets a hit piece that's a great achievement i'm not trying to knock it but all I have to do is tweet like, what do you guys think really happened with Obama's chef? And you get an NBC News hit piece. What do I have no, to do? You have to do more than that. I retweeted Owen Benjamin's you, thing Matt. about the dick and I didn't get it for that. You're not going to get it for retweeting. You've got to say something. <laughs> I got to make say them... something yourself. <sighs> OK, Your it was definitely about the dick. Friendly. OK, I'm going to have to. And you can't say it on the show for some reason, like. Having a super long show, it doesn't. Nobody ever snips things from the show to in, to interrogate us. We about. haven't reached that level happen. where media matters comes through every minute. To yeah, yeah, it's just too much content. Like nobody watches a show for three hours and they're like, "Oh, we talked about the Jews at three hours and one minute." Like, oh, there are people who do that. They uh, yeah, <laughs> there are. We're just not famous enough. <laughs> okay, uh, bottom of the hour, perfect time for hoax hate. If you are ready. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. These All are good right. ones. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? Well, this one is close to home, just down I ninety. It could have. I could get a hit piece this this way if I had known that Lyle Lovett and his band with four black guys in it was in town. I could have just posted some ambiguously threatening symbolism in their general vicinity, and I would have earned a, a hit piece that way. But yeah, a member of the Lyle Lovett band. They're currently touring the country, and they were playing in Billings, Montana, last weekend. This guy says he found a noose on a uh, a light pole downtown. And this spot is right outside the Hilton Doubletree Hotel. I don't know if the band was staying there, perhaps, or why the band was there. I would assume they had some connection to the hotel. But this hotel is only a few blocks from the Alberta Bear Theater, where the band why was Why would they playing. think it was connected with them, though? 
because it was a few in, blocks away. It wasn't like on their door, like stapled to their door. It was outside. Where's my uh, image here? It's, it's just God outside on a, on a light pole. And it's a, a pretty thick rope, you know? I mean, it does appear that whoever made this noose actually put some level of sincere effort in. It looks like you could hang a guy with this noose if you wanted to. Let's let's put it that way. Well, at least it's functional. And it, it appears to be. Uh mm. And, and yeah, these are obviously related events. This rope in the general area of the theater where this band played is obviously related to this band being in town because, after all, the Lyle Lovett band has four black members. And so the guy who says he found this noose, he's not actually black. And um, I can tell from a brief tour through his uh, Facebook page that he's exactly the sort of lunatic who probably would plant something like this to smear the conservative parts of the country that he hates, but who actually listen to and enjoy his music. So Charles Rose plays trombone in this band. He's the guy who found the noose. Maybe he plays sad trombone because check out a few of his... uh, his recent Facebook post. <laughs> Unironically, a picture of Joe and Jill. No scandals, no adultery, no bigotry, no collusion, no indictments. Just grace and class. I can't even read it because it's so preposterous. Just grace and class personified. Okay, you love Joe. Get a load of this top tier, god awful boomer concentrate meme. It's a picture of Trump. Look at the nasty, very nasty man. Traitor, racist, bully, rapist, predator, adulterer, fraud, crook, white supremacist, thief, liar, molester. That's not a meme. That's just a list of words. Yeah. Uh, he he posted a response to Jason Aldean of Try That in a Small Town fame and controversy. He responded with a picture of General Sherman of Civil War fame saying, I did, and your ancestors all surrendered. So, you know, celebrating burning down your political enemies. Uh, but he's definitely not the kind of guy who would, you know, put a rope on a, a light post downtown. Um, he's posting about how, hey, did you know that if you carry that that places that have weaker concealed carry restrictions, that it increases violent crime? I I, I guarantee you that's bullshit. But okay, uh, this the Civil War history, by the way. This this one is is elite. This is a great one. A picture of a Scrabble board, and it's Trump is a. And on triple word score, it's R-A blank I-S-T. And you have a C and a P. He could be racist or rapist. Which one are you going to pick? They're both awesome plays and you get all the points. Just think this is like this guy's dream. I feel really dunked. Like, don't you? I feel really bad about myself. Uh, Last one. And yeah, I mean, this one, I'm crying right along with the guy in the meme. This is the last one, I swear. Posted this uh, within the last uh, 10 days. Uh, a guy reading a book in a MAGA hat, the book says why Donald Trump is being prosecuted for crimes. And he looks through the pages for reference because he committed crimes. It makes no sense. Elite. And um, in between these cringy so-called memes, as I was touring this Facebook page, this guy actually posts CNN articles unironically. So again, I'm supposed to believe that this guy with this terminal boomer leftism just so happened to find a noose that Come was definitely targeting the black guy friends in his band blocks away from the theater, knowing somehow that they'd find it and know that it's for them. Billings police are investigating the case as a possible hate crime. But of course, uh, a week later, there is no further information and no suspect because this is made up and did not happen. 
Investigators have not been able to find any cameras that captured the incident either. And I can't believe it. But according to the Billings Police Department, the surveillance system at the nearby hotel in question was down for maintenance at the time. Hmm. Imagine that. What a surprise. Okay. Any other thoughts on the uh, Billings noose? I think it definitely happened and we should um, make sure to have like an incredible, unprecedented allowance of police resources to investigate this horrible <laughs> Billings, um, Billings uh, it's not the most dangerous place in the world, obviously, but it is it is somewhat dangerous. There is something of a serious crime problem there in Port. Um, yeah, there there are a lot of uh, there's a lot Black of um, how can I there's a lot of uh, reservation traffic that uh oh. has caused so some problems drunk indians uh there is also just it's it, along that entire i-90 corridor there's just a lot of drug running and a lot of shady characters oh, uh running be- well just like everywhere between seattle and and minneapolis uh mm-hmm. including our spots you will get arrests of some sketchy people moving through town because they're involved in operations moving goods east and west along that okay. uh, interstate but anyway, I'm sure they'll catch him, whoever did it. Meanwhile, in Summersworth, New Hampshire, I mentioned this one at the top of the show, two gay guys who own or at least formerly operated this chocolate shop say they have now closed the store. William Poole and his husband, Lauren, say Ugh. they... L-O-R-E-N, not L-A-U, Lauren say they are the victims of an attack that included homophobic slurs. Now, according to investigators, the the attackers are minors, and a firearm was seized by police at the scene. Okay. But they're not saying whose gun it was, even though, as we'll get to, we have evidence of whose gun it was. The gay guys say on their GoFundMe page, which, by the way, has now raised over $31,000, on the night of July 24th, that's Monday, William and Lauren were targeted and viciously attacked by as yet unknown people. Possibly the same group that previously tried to break into the shop. So they're saying they had some kind of ongoing problem with people trying to break into the shop. That's the context here. These assailants were yelling homophobic slurs and William and Lauren were uh, attacked by these people and were hospitalized due to their injuries. And because of this brutal beating, they have had to now close their shop and cancel orders and refund jobs that were lined up. Now, if you're wondering, um, doesn't it seem kind of weird that these two old gay guys got beaten up by, as police are calling them, minors? We don't necessarily know the age from that description, but young people, very young people. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, So why would that happen is the question. Well, now uh, there's another side of the story that is emerging because this story is all over certain Facebook pages, at least in the area, And we're getting the other side of that story from people who have direct experience. The gay guys say that their attackers are are unidentified. They are not. The kids involved in this incident are posting their own side of the story on Facebook, or at least their direct relatives are in this case. Uh, Kaylin and Marie LaPierre in in this post is uh, the older sister of one of the girls involved. And she says in part, my little sister, 15 years old, walks downtown Summersworth, Uh, by City Hall with her boyfriend and some friends to take pictures. 
They had their phones and speakers minding their own business when two full-grown, white-haired, old fucking men decided to put their hands on her boyfriend and then her, both 15-year-old teens. The old man had a gun on his hip, flexed the gun. I assume that means brandishing in some way. Wait, the claim is that these guys just like walked up to them? The old gay guys say that their business was just randomly attacked by youths. And these uh, teens are saying, well, no, we're walking around town and we're just having fun. We're taking pictures and they just attacked us. And I I guess. Is it right outside their business? It appears so. There is video that I'll get to in just a moment. Um, But she continues. So this old man had a gun on his hip. He flexed the gun. Again, I assume that means brandished in some way. And then knocked out my little sister. (laughs) These old pieces of shit decide they're going to say that my 15-year-old sister was trying to break into the abandoned store that no one can get into. They apparently are gay and playing the hate crime card. As a male, you should not put your hands on a young woman no matter what happens. Now, you don't necessarily have to take the sister's word for it here. There is also video. Now, when I prepped Hmm. this video for the show... Raja Mohan gave me a oh. very tough time with playing this under YouTube's terms. So I had okay. to heavily censor visually pretty much all of it. But you'll at least be able to hear the audio. And two things are clear when you when you watch this uncensored version, which I'll link in the description. And I'll try to convey as much of that as I can. What leads up to the conflicts, not clear in this video, but very clear, the old gay guys initiate the physical confrontation with a teenage male after the teenage male points at the gun that the old gay guy is carrying. And then in that scuffle, and this is the part that I had to censor, I can't show it to you. One of the old gay guys knocks out a teenage girl on the concrete. She's just laying down on the ground out of it. Just dazed. Here's, here's what I can show you. Bro, what are you talking about? I was scared. Get him, get him, Chris, hop in, cry, Chris. Say that. Get him, get him, get him. You do not touch any of my boys. Get away from me. You do not touch my boys. Bro, yo, get off of any fucking pussy. You hit a girl. They just hit her. So, guy, kid pointing, old gay guy takes the first swing. And again, you can see the footage uncensored with the link that'll be in the description after the show is over. Now, it is certainly it clearly po- had nothing to do with them being gay, though. It's possible they were casing. They, they sound like white trash wigger types. They might. They might be. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it's late at night. These kids are relatively young. Absolutely possible. These kids are doing things they shouldn't have been doing. Perhaps trespassing. Maybe even breaking in. We don't know. We know this confrontation here takes place outside. So it would seem weird mm-hmm. to me that you broke in. And then had a confrontation outside, but that's possible, I guess. General teenage tomfoolery may be afoot, perhaps even more uh, severe criminality. I'm not discounting that possibility, nor am I saying, by the way, that it's automatically an indictment of these two old gay guys if they if he has a, a gun in his pocket, which apparently was the case and police recovered that gun. But it is interesting to me that the, the reporting on the story says a gun was recovered at the scene with the obvious implication being that, that these gay guys were threatened with a gun when in fact it was the gun that they were carrying. And we know that based on the footage. And I we know that police know that too. Anyway, what I'm getting at here is even if these teenagers were breaking into this store or otherwise behaving poorly at this store. And even if the gay guy store owners 
were justified in responding with physical force, even potentially with the use of the gun, there is no evidence whatsoever to demonstrate that these kids were motivated by anti-gay bias or were attacking these guys right. because they're gay. We have about 30 seconds of footage that I've seen. There's all sorts of inappropriate language. They borrowed the Eric Swalwell line. You guys are giant pussies or whatever she was saying. I did not I didn't hear, hear anything about faggots, though. Didn't did you? Yeah, did not. Lots of colorful language. Not that. This looks to me like two old gay guys picked a fight with kids that they lost and now they're cashing in on victim bucks. And uh, the New Hampshire attorney general is now investigating the case as a hate crime. He's going to come to the same conclusion, though, when he looks at the facts. And if he was honest, I think this guy would go after the gay guys, even if they were the victims of crime for yeah. falsifying, for fraud, for, for the fraud uh, of, of raising GoFundMe money on false mm-hmm. pretenses, for telling everyone that this is a homophobic attack, when in fact they were fighting teens for yet to be determined reasons but there's no evidence whatsoever that it was anti-gay in nature and Mm. if this is the worst of what it looks like that two old gay guys got overly impatient with general teenage tomfoolery and started physically fighting them and then got their asses kicked and then tried to get a bunch of money out of the community that's yeah wildly degenerate behavior yeah but i guess I, i shouldn't be shocked by that it's homo reparations, though. I'm sure they're <laughs> rationalizing it somehow. Uh, and, you know, I I want to be fair. I don't, for all I know, their chocolate was delicious. <laughs> However. <laughs> I forgot. I was like, what did they do again? Um, <laughs> I'm just going to have some questions. Like, yeah, two gay guys are uh, whipping up this chocolate. <laughs> uh, oh, man. I'll pass, man. I, I'm good. Thank you. Okay. Fags make the best chocolatiers, though. Maybe they do. Maybe I'm being unfair. I just I'm thinking of all the the metaphors of like, you know, a a, a um, is there a such thing as a um? There's got to be a such thing as a like a chocolate coated banana, right? That's, of course, you've never had a chocolate covered banana. I guess I yeah. That's what I think of is is uh. There's a lot of metaphors for homosexuality. Why, Why are you doing this to me? I just don't want to go to that that chocolate shop. I'm not saying I would harass or damage the property i just don't i don't want to sample that's all okay moving on this last story is it's not strictly uh hoax hate but um it is uh it it is claiming hate that doesn't really exist or or exaggerating it into victimization when it's actually how is that not hoax hate well because like the the premises are exaggerated they're kind of there's true but exaggerated Uh, anyway you can determine when we watch but more fundamentally, this is just a demonstration of the Republic at work. Actually, it's like some terror story. And it's like, no, I mean, that's that's the system. That's how it's supposed to go. But CNN this week did a feature story on the McK- uh, the McKee family, excuse me, whose um, air quotes daughter, Tori, uh, who is clearly a teenage male, feels so threatened by Ron DeSantis in the Florida legislature stopping childhood gender transitions that they have to leave the state now. And so in desperately trying to portray these politicians as monsters, uh, well, these parents in CNN really portray themselves as pretty monstrous. 
I remember Tori coming to me one time and one time and in tears, which she doesn't normally do. And I asked her what was wrong and she said DeSantis. And like the fact that a governor would be making my kid cry, that's a messed up government. We're absolutely moving because of the political climate and the laws in Florida. When the Florida Board of Medicine started meeting, and we realized that they were going to ban gender-affirming care for our kids that we might need to leave because that is life-saving, essential medicine and treatment for our daughter. I had never really heard that much about trans people and until I was like 11 or 12, I didn't even know trans people existed. Yeah, I mean, there was times before she started getting hormones and stuff that she was suicidal. But after she transitioned, yeah. she was much Stop more outgoing, much more like comfortable with herself. I do fear for my daughter's safety. I'm looking forward to just being in a place where I don't feel under attack, where I don't feel oppressed. God help me. That God help that poor kid. Why didn't bitch tits father over here put his foot down when his stupid feminist wife wanted to cut his son's dick off? How about that? Like, uh, what, yeah. what is wrong with this family? That yeah. kid's life ruined because well, of his weird parents. And he probably got molested as a child. That was my first That's thought. Why he was on, suicidal. Yeah. My first thought on dad being like, well, my son was was suicidal until all this. And it's like, no jokes on you. Now he's murder suicidal. That's the problem. Yeah, he's going to kill really. you before he follows through on that previous Killed ideation. Himself, yeah. And the um, old Desmond. He's gonna One, pull two, the punch, yeah. he's gonna pull the Desmond and even the mom. I mean, it, it's 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 clearly a surrender to the mom, and I don't say that just by instinct. That statement from the mom at the end: "I'm looking forward to being in a place where I don't feel oppressed." That's what mom yeah. said, referring to herself. It's an incredibly telling statement. Mom is looking for a place where mom doesn't feel oppressed. Who is this about, really? Mm-hmm. Um. Case in point, the testimony of the kid. Well, I never, I'd never heard of transgenderism until I was eleven or twelve. How did you hear of it, young yeah, man? Yeah, who told you about this? Was it your feminist mother? I'm gonna guess she had something to do with it. And the mom saying, "Well, my 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 teen my teen is is terrified of of the government, terrified of the governor. That's a pretty messed up government." No, mom, that's you feeding propaganda to your kid instead of protecting him from it. That's what that is. Where do you think this child developed a fear of Ron DeSantis? Doesn't uh, she realize the host of problems she's introduced? Like that kid could have just been a homosexual man grappling with his sexuality and ashamed of his sexuality like millions and millions and millions of other men throughout history. Now he has a whole new host of problems, including, you know, effects from the hormone treatments. I don't know if if he's done surgery yet. Like there's no going back from this. People can deal with homosexuality. It's, it's way less of a severe problem than transgenderism. Uh, yeah, there are, it does not, there's not a lot of intervention required, uh, in, in that case. In fact, there's none. Um, well, you could do, um, shock therapy. No, I mean, as far as like, you don't you don't go to if you think that you're gay, you don't go to a doctor to make you gay. That's what I mean. I mean, the other direction. Either. Yeah. Well, except for the example I just used. But I understand what you're saying. Like yeah. there's no like physical intervention to. There's no I'm gay. So cut off my dick. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's so bizarre. Um, and then as far as mom saying, well, I'm looking forward to going to a place where I don't feel oppressed. Politically speaking, leaving your state for one that's more to your taste that's good, actually. Yeah. And yeah. you might not like the inconvenience of moving, 
but you should appreciate the opportunity of having that option and the competition. Isn't that a testament to the freedom of this country? Yes. It's like if Florida mishandles the situation, they're not. I don't think they are. But but even if they do, guess what? All sorts of greener pastures elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And if you federalize this stuff, meanwhile, there's no escaping. So this terror that, that they're describing in this segment, that's actually the republic as designed. This is how mm-hmm. the system is supposed to work. That's how the system should be preserved. You I might have missed it. Did they say where they're moving? I don't think they said where they're going to. Oh. Presumably... I don't know, California, New York, like one of these places where it's all but mandatory to chop your kid's dick off. But anyway, this is uh, CNN, your most trusted name in news. Okay, uh, you ready for the, uh, the movie review? Oh, I'm so ready. All right. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man... We'll finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show Movie Review. This week's movie is our first entry into the documentary genre with Free Solo, in which a rock climber completes the superhuman feat of ascending Yosemite's El Capitan without a rope, and his friends and future wife worry about watching him splatter. There is no movie picker commentary this week because, as is tradition, Blonde's documentary nomination for this fifth Sunday of the month were all rejected. And so Free Solo is a randomly selected IMDb top rated documentary. We do have uh, AI AI art, though, because even though they had their four uh, movie picks for the month, July nominators Jamie and Janie wanted to continue the tradition of providing movie themed AI art. And so here is this week's climbing photo. Why won't it load up? There, Okay, just taking a minute. I got to say, my real ears are more proportional and they're not gray. I'm not taking an issue with Jeannie and Jamie. Okay, I'm taking yeah. issue with the robots who made this. And my wife said I looked like me mixed with Sam Harris oh. in this photo. <laughs> I can't so, see it now. Yeah, maybe. Uh, anyway, okay, so uh, I, I feel like maybe you'll surprise me, but I feel like this is going to be such a classic discussion of sort of the, the male instinct instinct versus the female instinct. And you nailed it there. Yeah. Those are both really important. So I actually look forward to discussing this. Okay. So I guess I wrote my review before I found out that he did indeed marry this girl, have a child. And from what I can tell, he's given up, um, uh, free soloing. That's what it's called. Anyway. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if he had, I don't, I don't know. It seems like he hasn't done anything on this level since. Okay. I, I had a really hard time separating the quality of the film with my, my blind hatred of Alex. So hmm. none of this is a reflection on uh, the documentary. Generally, I thought that was all excellent. Um, a documentary is about allowing a subject to tell their own story, whether or not, they're a selfish retard is not much of a reflection on the cinematography of the film and filmmakers. And I thought that was all super good. So I did, I gave this a five out of five. Really? Five out of five. Wow. That's well, because that I'm shocked by. Because it was an excellent documentary. Like does the subject of a documentary, how much does that really play in? Yeah. Well, because and even, he's, even if he's you a hate, polarizing figure, even you know? if you hate him, there's a lot to think about. Yes. But I, I just hate Alex. Like I, I just think he's such a douche. This singular obsession 
with going head to head with nature is so hubristic that I was actually hoping he would fall to his desk. And I said something to you in the Skype chat today, but it's like, um, it's like this type of man, like this, this uh, intellectual hipster that thinks that he can win against nature. It's like he's being typecast in, in the world of extreme sports. It's like every guy that does something like this is Alex, like Tizmi and, you know, um, and then his poor, stupid girlfriend. So she's doing this, like, try to change a man thing. But instead of being a drug dealer with a motorcycle, it's this this autistic hipster that's trying to show nature and God that, like, he can hang. And so I'm, I'm like, what, bitch, what are you doing? But she turned out to be right, because from what I can tell online, he is a good and faithful husband and father. So, like, I, I don't know. I don't know how women can tell if, like, you're trying to change a man and it's a fruitless endeavor, or you're trying to change a man and you're going to be successful and make him be the best that he can be. Yeah. Like I, I don't. And it seems like maybe she chose right, but they like I was watching and they clearly ha- had all this weird relationship pathology. Like she brings up multiple times that he criticizes her for minutia. Like when she's cutting the watermelon and she's like, he's going to talk about how I'm doing this incorrectly and blah, blah, blah. And then he immediately starts to do that. Um, <laughs> And she talks about how he's unable to have fun. And then he talks about how she's superficial and all she wants to do in life is derive joy from uh, her family and people around her. And it's, and it's you know, superficial or whatever. And then he has this thing where he admitted that he had to learn to hug when he was in his twenties because affection was so foreign to him. And he's so fucking spurgy. He and sounded like me, like, although he's learned the art. I have not, I don't hug. That is so bizarre. Yeah. What, whatever. And then I love this scene where they both know that he has an underactive amygdala yeah and he has to engage in extreme thrill seeking to get these really minor hits of dopamine so this is just red flags about how is someone like this going to find satisfaction from family life and yet it appears as though it happens out as though it's happening they've only been married for two years yeah granted there's a lot that can go wrong still or perhaps has gone wrong behind the scenes yeah um I don't know. I mean, he did achieve something remarkably uh, inhuman. Like, like I could not believe that he was able to do this. He's the only man in the history of mankind that's been able to do this. Um, but I just, I just hate this guy. I hate everything that he's about. His girlfriend is an idiot. Uh, but none of this is the fault of the documentarians. He did an excellent job allowing this asshole to tell the whole world his stupid story. So five. <laughs> That is, um, it's like hating your way to a five. That is, uh, that's that, the thing. The only thing that shocks me is that you gave it the five, but I understand your reasoning for that. And it is the job of a documentarian, isn't it? I won't bury the lead then. Cause I also gave this a five having seen it before and actually expecting it. I was expecting it graded a little lower, but I loved it the second time through even more than the first. I could oh, go really? on and on about the absolutely incredible physical and mental feat, but that's sort of a given. Uh, You watch the movie, you'll understand it. I thought the best description was from his friend Tommy Caldwell. Imagine an Olympic gold medal level athletic achievement. You die. Where if you if you don't get the gold medal, you die. That's the scenario. But what was great about this movie is it's the it's the exploration of all of these important themes that go into the support of achieving this feat. So specifically what it means to be a good woman and future wife, what it means to be a good man. And what it means to be a good friend. I thought everybody mm. fulfilled that role quite well. Specifically, Alex's girlfriend and now wife, Sonny. I don't know how to say it. Weird name. I think it's Sonny. 
But she really demonstrates and exemplifies what it means to be wifely. And, and by that, I mean, she doesn't try to control him. She supports him no matter what, even when her own judgment is against him. I don't think there's anything more important in a wife. And, and I, I like to believe in this situation that it's probably her presence and her love that literally puts him over the top, whether he understands and appreciates that or not. And then I wrote in the review, as you mentioned, her patience and that unconditional support was, in fact, rewarded. She got that marriage. She got the baby girl, June, last year um, to endure what she did psychologically and come, and to have her faith rewarded, I think, is is very satisfying. Uh, so she but, must have seen something authentic in him where she knew that yeah. she was going to be able to have this outcome. And like, I don't understand how she was able to do that because it seems so fruitless. I'm watching this. I'm like, they clearly broke up and like after this. right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, w- I wish I had an answer to your question of like, if the expectation for women is to give their unconditional support to that man, how do you know that you picked the right man? Because if he falls and dies, then she's an idiot who gave her full faith to the wrong guy, potentially. How do you make that mm-hmm. distinction? I don't know. I just know that what I saw there is is like being wifely uh, to a, a very, very high degree. And I think every man would be so lucky as to have something like that. Um, and Do you think she's hot? For <laughs> my, my wife thought she was very attractive. I'm not allowed to Oh my to gosh. Comment. I was so all about this chick. You guys need to Google her, but she is the perfect combination of being adorable and being smoking hot. I was yeah. like, I'm so into this girl. And I'm not saying that Alex is a perfect man. I think in many respects, at least as portrayed in this movie, he probably doesn't appear to value her sufficiently uh, in many instances. So when I say that he exemplifies what it means to be a good man, I don't mean that he's perfect. Of course I can see all the criticisms that you're saying. Um, and I, I could see someone saying, well, Alex Honnold, he's an idiot who's taking an unnecessary risk for no real gain. At the end of the day, what does he get? He just gets to say, I'm the guy who did that. I'm the only one who did that. But what does that mean? Does that provide society with some sort of great wealth? Does that provide us with some interesting new technology? It doesn't really benefit our lives significantly. I get that point. Um, but, my point on appreciating Alex Honnold is not that he needs to take that risk. It's that society needs guys like him that are willing to do similar things. So my criticism, why? because in prior generations, you need you needed guys of similar traits and fortitude for war or for settling new territory or for developing. That guy would suck at war. Oh, I don't think so at all. I think that just his incredible athleticism alone, not to mention his his. Uh, achievements under pressure, his stamina, his fortitude. I think he'd be Maybe incredible. Right. Uh, but you needed that male instinct for broader, more socially beneficial purposes. If I'm going to criticize Al- Alex Honnold, it's just that like his necessary male instinct is channeled towards something that's probably less productive, socially speaking, than prior generations. But that doesn't make me respect the traits that he has any less. And so when I think about like why I appreciate him, it's not that every man has to go out and do something nobody's ever done and climb El Capitan in that way. It's that everybody kind of has their own personal challenge that you just obsess over in that way. It might be something more commonly done. It might be something less scary to most people, but you have to find that and you have to channel that energy toward conquering it and toward building something that matters. Women do not have this because our Everest is having children. I think there's a lot of truth to that. And that's not dismissive. It's like it's a genuine power that you guys have that we don't. We have to do other things. And he he just talks about everything he says about like 
Well, you know, nothing great has ever been achieved by maintaining comfort or by being cozy. And yeah, you don't, you might not have to risk your life in a reckless way, but there's you, challenge. It, it leads to progress. Uh, comfort leads to stagnation. You got to take risk to discover the reward. I think that he embodies all of that. I also think his friends demonstrate what it means to be a good friend. And I think to to watch this knowing like that every single grip or every single step might be my good friend's last. I might watch him suffer a horrible death watching him fall, knowing that he's realizing that I'm watching him fall and he's about to meet the end in in a moment. But Tommy Caldwell says again, says something in there that I think is important. It's like, yeah, I know he's going to do this. And I feel like if I didn't help him try and he fell, it would be worse than than helping him Mm -hmm. and having him fail and knowing that I did what I could for him. And it's a very difficult line to walk with friendship. Like, how do you advise friends without controlling them? And how do you respect friends wishes when you disagree with them? And how do you know? if and when to walk away when you think a friend is being destructive. And you could argue that Alex is destructive or unnecessarily risky. But I have a lot more respect for people who are risky in pursuit of ambition rather than risky in pursuit of things like partying or chasing women or whatever dead ends. So whatever his possible faults, Alex Hunold, a guy of incredible ambition. And just when I think about my role as a friend, whenever I encounter what I like, if there's, behavior in my friends that I disagree with that is pursuant to some sort of ambition. I'm going to try to be deferential in that. Even if I disagree Mm. with you, if you're trying to build something, you're trying to achieve something. I'm going to try to support that. Even if I disagree with it, instead of like, it's not fruitless partying. And yeah, you walk away from friends for like degenerate dead end type behavior. Um, You might argue that this is sort of degenerate and that it's unnecessarily risky, I guess. I don't know. I mean, to me, it's, it's an achievement that nobody else has done. Obviously that's not an exaggeration. It's a literal fact. Um, I thought the, the psychology and the physiology of fear was so fascinating. You mentioned that brief uh, moment where they scan Alex's amygdala or they give him that MRI. And that's the part of the brain that processes emotion and specifically fear. And Alex has this abnormally inactive amygdala. And that's fascinating for, for a couple of reasons. Number one, the implications for the physiology of fear. It's just some people are more anatomically and biochemically inclined to be afraid. And that might be gender. I'm sure there is a big gender distinction, but I mean, even among men, you might just mean be more inclined by virtue of your anatomy toward fear. And so even if you're not trying to climb El Capitan, whatever challenge you face, you might actually experience a fear similar to that. It's another demonstration. You can't compare yourself to others. You got to compare yourself to yourself yesterday. You go for your own mountains, however big or small they might be, and you find satisfaction in that. But the other piece of that is that abnormalities can actually be assets. Now, hypothetically, if you went to the doctor and the doctor told you, yeah, like your brain functions abnormally, you might think, well, shit, there's something wrong with me. Like that's that's a disability or a handicap. In this case, it might actually be Alex's greatest talent. Yeah. yeah. So even if there are things that, about you that you think are weird or even they're medically determined to be odd or less, they're not necessarily less than. Um, and I, I really do believe everybody has something that they do very well, if not exceptionally well. You got to maintain that persistence in finding it. And you might discover that what you thought was a liability is actually an asset. asset. And that's, it's really cool to see that play out. 
Um, I could go on and on about how much I appreciate the production of this this movie. It was a combination oh, it was of so good with the drone footage. Yeah, it was rem- yeah, remote cameras. the The challenge of the the guys doing the climb are carrying like forty to fifty pound packs and equipment and doing. Granted, they're roped, but they're doing you know a cha- a physical challenge similar to what Alex is doing, carrying all these cameras, doing all this stuff. The guys who shot this, solo it, man. I know, but like the guys who shot this, there's, there's yeah. a Jimmy Chin, the, the guy who, the, the, the documentarian, the guy who made the movie. It's like, there's basically like three or four people we could call to make this movie in the world. It's an incredible feat just through their uh, actions alone. And so they deserve a, a huge amount of credit. Now, this isn't as far as criticism this isn't even a point that i hold but it's one i could see someone making and normally this is a criticism i would say myself which is like hurry up and get to the climbing or die come on <laughs> um it does take a while to get there and it's a lot of background How long was inf- it? i don't even know it's an hour 40 and it's like the last 20 minutes are the yeah. climb itself it's a lot of That's preparation fine. it's a lot of background I'm not bothered by that in this movie because I think that these support roles were fascinating and necessary to explain and understand this achievement. But let's say that you're like rock climbing guy who's more interested in the specific technicalities of how he did each move to make that ascent. You might be underwhelmed by this movie in that case. But I think for the general public, and I include myself in that, uh, this was an incredibly well-made movie. Uh, technically speaking, and just it fascinates me in ways beyond the climb itself. It fascinates me in ways, as I mentioned, just like what, all these concepts of what it means to be good in so many different roles and how those roles come together to achieve something great. Everybody was necessary. They all contributed something different. Um, and we should all be conscious of how we how we uh, potentially emulate that sort of behavior where we fit into those into those same roles. So I, I just I can't stop thinking about it. Like ever since I watched it the second I've thought about it significantly ever since. And that's how I that's how I award my high scores. How much do I think about it later? How much does it occupy my mind and free well, yeah, solo? Yeah. I can't say enough about it and I can't stop thinking about it. So five wikis. Nice. We love you. You're very special. It activates my amygdala. Uh I don't I wonder uh, what the early vote. Uh, everybody hates Free Solo. The early voters hate it. They're all giving it one wiki. What? Hardly anybody's voted yet. So I don't know. Oh, okay. I mean, maybe they're just continuing the bit. We have to reject what Blonde says and then also hate the movie that was picked. Damn you all. Yeah. But uh, next week, we got a classic that I've never seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. Really? I've never seen it. I'm familiar, oh, wow. but never seen it. And then uh, remaining nominations for August uh, are from listener J.G. Henry. Uh, They are Contact, Kung Fu Panda, Passengers, the 2016 movie, Silverado, The American President, All the President's Men, Roxanne, or of course you can reject the list in favor of a randomly selected Mm -hmm. top-rated movie instead. Uh, And as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie, and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do it is in my weekly movie review column, linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. 
I'll be, I'll be curious to see it. I'm, I'm sure people will chime in over time. I'm not saying you have to love free solo. I'm curious how much of it is um, like the, the, the voter hate. Is that sincere? Is there, is that trolling or is there sincere hatred? And if it is sincere hatred, I want to know why I want to know what people hate about it. And my guess is I'm guessing it's things along the line of what you said, where you just hate Alex, the guy. Yeah. I could kind of see that. But uh, anyway, let's get to uh, our chatters. Let's see. Um, Yeah. Just one on rumble. Uh, Hillbilly deluxe says since Trump was subpoenaed to provide security videos, he could just bleach bit it and uh, hit it with a hammer like Hillary did. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) What, what you mean like wipe it with a cloth that's what he should do he should wipe. rub it down yeah okay uh we're good on rumble we're good on odyssey and we're good okay. on DLive. uh thank you guys over there mojack 420 it's not obama his dad is frank marshall davis american communist party member big mike is a man the daughters are rentals change my mind. you can't change <laughs> no, the, the I, daughters they, they were stolen like from Michelle. Haiti. Or they're the uh, uh, they're like the what's the other theory that they're the daughters of the Obama friends who look a lot more like them. Actually, neither of them look like either Obama parent, and they look nothing like each other. They don't really look like each other either. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Evil zombie too. I went to high school with Candace Swainpool. It's pronounced Swanapool. Well, there you she go. She's actually a really cool person. She had modeling contracts even back then, but never acted aloof. Good choice. She is stupid hot if i could look like any woman in the world i think it would actually be her wow high praise i just walk around naked all the time it'd be awesome (laughs) and unsanitary citizen seven not only was obama seen with injured hands but a paramedic on scene reported that obama's chef showed signs of blood force trauma i wonder if the chef saw big mike schlong i don't know this all sounds like well see that i i read that there were no signs of physical struggle when they got his body I'm not saying that you're wrong. I just, I need to see who said that because the report I saw said, nope, it was, uh, (laughs) his throat was as pristine as George Floyd's, not a, not a bruise on it. So there wasn't any kind of uh, strangulation or anything like that. I don't know. But why? N word, please. Why the Obama band-aids? What happened to his hand? I don't know. Maybe he was dog fighting or whatever he does. You know, Obama also didn't even use the special uh, band-aids for black people that they make now. Did you notice that? White band-aids? He used the normal the normal white people band-aids. You go, have you had the experience it's colonization. yet? colonization. Have you had the yes, experience? Yes, they have all the colors now. Yeah, but we, like I had, so when I had that stupid finger infection, because I have experience with needing bandages for my fingers lately, just like Obama, I went to the store and at this particular Safeway here in town, the bandage, the only ones they had were black people bandages. It's like, oh, what rot the, row. why are you even bringing there's just look at the demographics of this town, man. Like the, is the one black guy needs bandages. So you, you brought in like 10 packs. How injured is he going to get? What's Maybe gonna, they've had those 10 packs for like 15 years. They might have. I mean, we had a similar experience. Um, we were, we were, uh, we were shopping at Kohl's yesterday. We were going through the Kohl's. My wife had a return to make, and so we were looking for toys for our son. And um, I, I, I'd be maybe exaggerating to say exclusively, but the the Barbies where you can comb their hair. Yeah, it's like the half Barbie. Like she's her. She's severed at like the. I don't know. Like 
She's just what? a cut in half. It's not a full Barbie, you know? She's just, like, chopped off, like, at the chest, and you comb her hair. It's a really weird thing. Um, she's not a full doll. She's just, like, upper Barbie. But th- anyway, the point I'm making, they were uh, almost all black. It was, like, nothing but black Barbies for sale at Kohl's. Weird. Uh, that was also weird. It's just, like... These like specific uh, black products are everywhere all the time. And they, they are always on sale, though. Well, see, they I always wonder. I I don't think these uh, at Kohl's were on sale, but I noticed like a grocery outlet up there. Uh, no, is that like a is that a specific thing? Or do you well, mean it's like, like all the reject groceries from other stores so oh. they're highly discounted and they have a makeup section. It's always black makeup because nobody buys it from other stores. Well, it's like, what What do you expect given the demographics of the town? Like, how is why do we like why do we import this much of that stuff? And then it's like Target, too, with the you go to Target in June or. Uh, or no, it's February, Black History Month, and they have the whole like black history uh, display and you can buy all the black lives matter stuff. And at the end, even during Corona, when it's like everything is in short supply, that thing is always well stocked, fully stocked because nobody buys it. Uh -uh. And then at the end of the month, I'm always wondering, um, do they have the bravery to put that on clearance? Like March 1st? No, no, they never do burn it in mass. I assume it, (laughs) I assume ironically it goes to Africa where, uh, those less fortunate get get the clothes that they need or maybe it gets stolen by chunky leg mcgee from burlington coat factory and she has to resell it on ebay for people in detroit or something or just clothes the less fortunate that way we know there's they're stealing out of need necessity that's true that's true um and word please matt and i have never made love because i'm not a butt pirate fudge packer pillow biter turd burglar uphill gardener sperm burper or the secretary of transportation Uh, thank you for that (laughs) That might have been Pete Buttigieg who said that, actually. I don't know what this means. Okay, injured guardian. Do joggers and all the other negative 39s? Negative 39s? I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means either. Let me know, Lefty. Have a stronger confirmation bias than everyone Uh, else. I think I I just had the very bad luck to have to deal with many outliers. I think that is a reference. I'm not sure if that mathematically that plays out, but am I understanding? Is it uh, a reference to like uh, a 1350 type mathematical equation? It's roughly of that ballpark. So maybe it's getting at that. Two dogs. Mike D. Didn't you say they took naked pictures of her? She probably started an OnlyFans page. It may fail miserably in the fake kidnappings. Naked naked pics are brilliant ideas to explain over the page. Maybe huh. as in the motive for Carly Russell, like somehow her nudes got online and she was embarrassed about it. And so she concocted this entire story to explain how her nudes leaked. That's crazy, though, because in this day and age, it's like, would you even be embarrassed if your nudes got leaked online? It just happened. To would I personally? Person. Okay, that'd be different. But like <laughs> you're, you're how many nudes of me do you shit. think exist? Uh. I'm a thousand percent sure that they do not exist. Goose egg. Except, yeah, except for you uh, people with your AI technology who are going to make them. Except for that, that close up selfie of your butthole that you sent to your wife after your first date. <laughs> I'm sure she still has that. Not even then. Didn't even not happen even then. then. No. Um, I want some butts! <laughs> Matt Christensen Timberline Shaving Cream tried today for the smoothest and tingliest sack you've ever had in your life. Promo code Listener. We didn't even tell him to do this. 
Thank you for the, uh, well, there could be shaving cream in the future. I don't know. Maybe we could, uh, and then we could get in on, we could get in with Western razor and say, get that George Washington bullshit out of here. We have a better product. Um, thank you for the promotional. I don't know if you have heard this, but I have been informed by a source. I think I'm able to disclose this. If not, I'll get in trouble and jeopardize what has been a mutually beneficial relationship. But I'm told that Hero Soap is now introducing shampoo and conditioner. <gasps> no way. So get ready for uh, signature what, like shampoo bars? and can I think it's a, I think it's bar form if I'm not I've never had bar shampoo, but I think that's what it is. I have not received the samples yet. Dude, they're going to sever our relationship because you shot your wad and told them. That it was and I, I'm pretty sure it's on their stuff. website. Let me. Look. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, knuckle Lonky Buck. I was surprised to see it was a Burlington Coat Factory, not a Cheesecake Factory. Ayo. Boogeyman 917 says, I doubt it. <laughs> that's that's what was in the pants. Yeah, it was, uh, it was just a giant just cheesecake. A cheesecake. But, thank you for clarifying. Thank you, Boogeyman. And by the way. I doubt it. It is on their website. Uh, it is. The shampoo is now available. I just have not sampled it yet. It comes in four varieties. Tortuga. Don't tell my 15-year-old son that playing sports might cause a heart attack. He'll use an excuse to argue he needs to stay in his room playing video games. I know. Uh <laughs> I was wrong. Two shampoo varieties, two conditioner varieties. You fucked up. You are fake news. You are fake news. Rafael Salvador. Honestly, I'm just laughing over this whole brony business. Stupid name, by the way. If you knew how much LeBron tried to be the next Michael Jordan, you just have to appreciate how karma just bit this gigantic POS hard. Yeah, but his kid didn't ask for it. And he probably was made to get vaccinated. Again, as far as I know, nobody knows his specific vaccination status, but... um, if I'm not mistaken, USC among many schools has been uh, aggressive about that sort of thing. So I would assume. Yeah. Jerry Smith. I've always aligned more with Matt on things, but after spending the week watching free solo, I might become, be becoming a bigger blonde fan. <laughs> My take on free solo, big if true. Uh, big yeah, if true. Inter- big so if like true. you're saying uh hoax free solo of the week. Is that what he's saying? Could yeah, that be is probably what he's saying, but it couldn't be. Oil King. Oh, okay, dude. All right. I'd like to vote yes for this bill. Oh, wait, what is this bill? Oh, never mind. My soap opera will be on in five minutes. Yeah, gag, gag. I tooted. Beep, boop, boobs, tub, Mitch's lagging time for a new GOP. What the f*** is Some this? of that made sense. I have no idea what that. I, I guess it's every bit as sensible as Feinstein and and uh, really? yeah. and McConnell. So I'll give you that. Congress. Thank you, man. Hold Mulray. High tree seekers, besides price increases, inflation manifests a smaller amount, shrinkflation, diluted ingredients, hydroflation, more onus on the buyer, DIY, et cetera. What forms has you, have you noticed? Mm. Well, okay. So my pregnancy craving, only when I'm pregnant, filet of fish sandwich. Okay. I get one like, I don't know, a month ago. They're like, they're legit this big. They're this big. I guess I, I guess I don't know what the original size was. I I couldn't when tell When I was you. a kid and I would get one that would be this big. But you were also smaller. Okay. Maybe <laughs> I'm lying. No, I'm sure they have. I'm sure they are like Beetlejuice's head at the end of the movie. They have Yet definitely. drinks are just so large, just impossibly hmm. large. Um so besi- besides the examples that you're naming, I, I'm I'm struggling to think of one that I've noticed that isn't that, but the shrink stuff is pretty obvious. And I can't really blame the companies for doing that. If you're a producer, you have two options. You can increase the price of your product 
or you can know what to do or you reduce the amount of the product and keep the price the same. And I understand strategically why you would pick that. The worst offender that I saw, um, we haven't bought them lately, but we used to buy those like kid cliff bars and they used to be like the size of a Nutrigrain bar, like roughly the same direct uh, dimensions, kind of flat, sort of long rectangular by the end. And I mean, like within the last year, they became shaped almost like a very long Tootsie roll. They were almost like cylindrical and long, like a really long cigarette like to hide the shrinkflation. Yeah. They, or like they, they were almost like cigar shaped instead of bar shaped. And that's because they had to keep the price the same and just give you half the bar instead of uh, the full bar. There you have it. Vanessa Stoller Hunter clerk issue. There were two calls. Another clerk called Hunter lawyer back. I think it was a buddy. Robert Bouvet read the transcript. DOJ was complicit with deal. Even admitted to judge deal was unprecedented. This yeah, I, was a uh, sweetheart deal. I mean, I, I don't know why they're fighting it so hard. There must be some kind of um, incredibly embarrassing or incriminating information. Yeah, if there's more details on the way the call went down, I'll, I'll have to check them out. Because I, if they if they were actually trying a stunt like that, I find it to be unbelievable. Uh, it's uh, but it's, it's it, it would not shock me. Uh, well, I don't. I mean, I would be shocked, but it is these people we're talking about after all. So it's it's totally possible. And I'll have to read more about it. Thank you, Vanessa. Killer Mungero. Blonde, $100 super chat if you name your daughter LaDonna. No, I'm not doing that. 10 bucks. But you know what name I'm really into? What? Elsa. Uh, then you have to go with the uh, the Frozen thing. You know. But there's the Frozen issue, which I've never seen. People it's will... not like so Frozen specific. It's not like I'm naming my daughter Cinderella or something. Yeah. Do you think that they, you can get around the Frozen thing? It's not against the law, ho. Fuck you. I think you got to go with LaDonna. Is what I think. Uh, no, I think that's totally fine. I think it's a great name. I can't remember if I mentioned this on the stream or not, but we have a similar uh, dilemma in that we both love the name Hayden. Mm. But you got Anakin Skywalker ruining the whole bit. You cannot name your kid Hayden Christian. I know. Like, he's not the most famous actor of all time. No, you can't. But everyone's going to be like, oh, look, we got Vader around here. We got Anakin showing up it sucks name, and, there, and i love that name, that name i just i like the way it sounds but hayden is also uh, directly connected to this part of the world the hayden expedition did a lot of the initial survey of yellowstone yeah up here we've got a town there's a lot of hayden stuff and hayden is just a cool name but then he's just it's gonna be star wars forever and i can't do that to him or even her we like it as a girl's name too damn live chat saying no on elsa hmm i do uh like to listen to the live chat about names though yeah, it says Tom McDonald just released a song called American Flag, totally worth a listen, culture, war, value, and whatnot. Okay. Thank you. I got to go back and correct the record. I thought it was a $10 super chat for naming your daughter LaDonna. It was actually a hundred. My mistake. Over a billion, 200, a trillion, 200 billion dollars. That's more like it. What about <laughs> Jane? You guys can't possibly find fault in Jane. It's plain. That's what my husband keeps saying. Like, what if she's plain? I'm like, I don't think it matters. Hmm. Also, she's going to be super hot because it's just, you know, the children we produce are very good looking. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to be <laughs> um, Chimp in a bow tie. Do you think Dems will just let Trump win? I'm sure they have a plan, but if he doesn't submit to the judicial attack, they'll steal it again. Prevent election taking a place with a war or JFK 2.0 and extremes. I cannot imagine that they're going to allow this. Uh, no, no. Do I think that even if the vote 
put him in office that they would just uh, say, well, that's the system at work. Guess we'll learn our lesson and do better next time. No, it, no, there are fortification mechanisms in place. And I, I, it, you don't have to believe it's, it's made up uh, fraudulent ballots. Like it's just a whole bunch of ballots representing dead people or people who don't exist. That's not how they do. I mean, there might be some of that. Uh, Dead people do tend to vote Democrat. That is a known but that, trend. But they, they but, use multiple strategies, so it's harder to um, pin down exactly how they... I think it's as simple as as the ground game of the ballot harvesting and changing the rules in a lot of these states per corona to be more friendly toward that sort of thing. And you don't even have to get ballot harvesting everywhere. You just get it in these select few states that are crucial. And as long as they can go around and all but harass people into letting into filling out the ballot for the person that they want and giving it to that person to carry it to the ballot to the to the collection yeah. box, then you have to have a paid army of people to do this collection in the same way that they do. And Republicans just don't have that. Not only do they not have the the, the resources and the staff, they don't even have the uh, the geographical friendliness. Because if you're going to ballot harvest for Republicans, generally speaking, urban centers are not your friend. Maybe you could and you could borrow the Democrat pressure tactics and just like go to apartment complexes and be like, you're going to vote Republican now because or I'm not going to leave you alone until you do. <laughs> But generally speaking, that's not you're going to you're going to have a very, very hard sell. Then again, yeah. I guess it's Democrats have to sell Joe Biden and they're selling that. So how hard could the sell be? You don't even have to that's be Republican. True. Just say, hey, would you be interested in voting for not Joe? Like, okay. I'll take your ballot in for you. Um, Come on, Brian. Gosh, I really don't mean to simp for blonde despite the pregnancy is still hotter than 80 percent of my 22 to 26 year old girlfriend. Back off GGL. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. GGL. I yeah, this. I don't, I don't know that one. I'll have to look it up. No one should be simping for me. I am so disgusting and fat right now. Um, and old humble radish farmer. Dear Matt and Blonde, I hope you're doing well. That being said, air fryers are gayer than the NFL and NHL combined noting beets, deep frying and beef, uh, suet. What? Well, I'm not anti deep fry. It's just like, how practical is that in your home? You got a lot to deal with if you're actually doing the oil frying. And I I just like mess wise. And I suppose even calorie wise, I would just prefer to air fry. If that makes me gay, then, uh, well, I guess I have, uh, (laughs) where's my sounder of the night? Then yes, I am absolutely gay. Yeah. My answer is I'm, I'm gay. You fucking bitch. I'm gay. You fucking bitch. (laughs) Taking swimming lessons is an elite level swimmer within the black community. (laughs) Uh, fair enough, I suppose. Yeah, that that might be correct. Um, I don't know what GGL said. is, by the way. I can't I can't find me it. Uh, to me, it looks like Obama had two black eyes and a fat lip. You racist motherfucker! So bad, so bad, you. Long John John. Matt and I once had beers in Billings. He asked if he could borrow my noose, and I'm a nice guy, so I said sure. When am I getting it back, Matt? Uh, it's now police property, unfortunately. It is. Yeah. Humble radish from Matt. Thanks for the stream. Blonde, could you announce a definitive date and place for the Japan meetup? Japan has been country and people need to come from all over and need to start planning. Okay. Um, I guess I should do it on the back end of my trip because I'm going to be in Tokyo twice, the beginning of trip and the end. So let's narrow it down because I got a lot of emails. We're going to do it in Tokyo, the city center area between September 26th, which is my birthday, and September 30th. Uh, okay so i've been compiling all the emails i'm about to 
get everybody on the same thread and then we can hammer it down between September 26th, September 30th in Tokyo. If, yeah. If you're serious about, uh, well, I, I gather you're serious about organizing this, but um, to facilitate, maybe we could, we could probably do like a submission box through the website or something like that. Or if you mm-hmm. want to get in touch with blonde about this, there is a contact box for you on, on the contact page of the website. Right. And people um, have been emailing me at blonde in the belly of the beast at gmail.com. And, um, I, this week, once I feel like comfortable that everybody that is going to come has sent me an email, I'll just put everybody on the same thread and we can figure it out. Yeah, that works. Uh, Jason takes every young boy on his way to manhood takes unnecessary risks. Alex is, is just like every man, but more so you want, you want your son to take risks so that he, you know, maximizes his levels of testosterone and his abilities up to the point where, uh, they don't die like that. You don't want them to like, this is so high risk. It's so incredibly high risk. Yeah. You could argue that it's, it's beyond a certain threshold, but I would push back on the idea that you, you don't die. Like that's inherent to the risks that men take is that you might die. Um, but this is an unreasonable risk. I think in the likelihood of death, obviously the likelihood of death for him was not as high as it might be for other people. But I think part of that calculation too is reward. And if I'm going to be critical of Alex's decision-making, it's that the reward here, while it's very cool, you got a cool movie personal. and you can, but yeah. it, it is like a, it is sort of the reward is like, it's a claim. It's, it's uh it's a title. It's not really like advancement of, um, Advancement of society type stuff. I have to reload. All right. Uh, Knuckle Hunky Buck says, why wouldn't little white girls want black Barbies? Barbie. <laughs> what? Barbies need someone to be the maid. That, that, oh. one, that one is out of line. Oh. In- injured guardian says retry. Uh, uh, Oh, wait, wait, okay. Do black people have a stronger confirmation bias than everyone else? Far too many of my more bothersome customers have extreme confirmation bias. It is very frustrating and very perplexing. I forget your exact situation, like what employment context you're talking about. So it'd be hard for me to speculate or say. Like confirmation bias in what context? Some sort of customer service Mm. scenario, I would assume. Um, I Anyway, my apology for dropping the ball a little bit on that. I just don't know the exact context. Thank you, as always, Injured Guardian. Incompetent Hand says, I can't think of anything funny or relevant to say this week. Well, thank you for supporting the show. Nonetheless, very much appreciated. Jerry Smith says, I mean, I watched all 12 hours of Free Radical and thought, wow, if this is true, that really changes things for me. Is that a is that an actual... Is that an actual 12 hour? I don't know the movie. I don't know. A history of experimental film. Is that what we're talking about? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I guess if it changed your life, uh, that's great. I don't know the movie though. I don't know the reference. Plum Logan. Thank you, Jerry, by the way, Alex Hunold um, is the uh, epitome of revolt against the modern world, finding purpose in struggle, not a mystery that a woman would be uncontrollably attracted to that and to explore the world as he sees it. That's probably right. Yeah, that there's just something, even if it seems on paper to be wildly irrational and risky, I think there's just something 
about that spirit that is so inherently male that there's something about the female spirit that is just inherently attracted to it, even if it's stupid, even if it's just uh, dumb from a calculation perspective. I think that a lot of this is um, is kind of like instinctive or uh, primitive in the way that he's describing. Uh, I have to refresh, but I left off after Plum Logan. Nope, Looks like. Uh, oh, no, there's one more. Oh, yeah, Tortuga. Tortuga. My uncle was born and his mom was unconscious. So his birth certificate, uh, Alyssa's name is Baby Boy. So his real name is Baby Boy Miles. May I suggest Baby Boy <laughs> and Baby Girl as viable names? Okay, I'm into it. I like it. Um, well, a lot is going to be determined tomorrow for us. I had a premonition that it's a girl. I had a wrong premonition the first time that it was a girl. So take that with a grain of salt. But if it's a girl, I'm not making any announcements, but I think that my wife and I have pretty strong inclinations toward Quinn for a baby girl. If it's a boy, I have no idea. No idea what name that's going to be. Well, you can use Silas now. Oh, that's right. Well, my wife is going to be thrilled because she wants that. But I, the truth is, I don't want that name. So I don't know. There might be a war. What you want doesn't matter. That's what we're learning about baby names right now. (laughs) Oh, what I want matters. I will, I will will enforce my, uh, my plans with uh, the naming of my sons, which who knows? Maybe I'll have to do that tomorrow. All right. Uh, looks like we are all set. Looks like we're good on. Uh, oh, um, addicted to drum says Matt and Rebecca's raising babies fund. Well, that is oh, always appreciated. Thank you, thank you for your uh, support for the show, sir. Very much appreciated as always. And uh, we're good. We're we good. Love on you. You're very special. We're good on D live and we're all set on YouTube and tippy one quick refresh just to make sure. And we'll call it a night. Anything else before we're out of here? Okay, well, uh, thank you guys, as always, for your uh, participation in the show. Thanks for listening live. Thanks for your chatting. Thanks for your super chatting. Thanks for connecting us with some of the uh, details and facts that we may have missed. It's very much appreciated. If you're listening later on demand, thank you kindly as well for tuning in and for supporting the show. If you need more to listen to, if you can't get enough, head on over to the uh, podcast platforms of the show mattchristiansandmedia.com slash podcast is where you find it. You'll find uh, the call-in show replays. You'll find some of Blonde's interviews. You'll find all sorts of extra material you might not find on YouTube. Podcast page of the website, mattchristiansandmedia.com. Speaking of, if you're looking for anything else show-related, mattchristiansandmedia.com is where you find it. So head on over to the website and find everything show-related. We'll be back next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it is not Meet the Press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Great. Now that I may as well try and catch